been okay this whole Welcome time. to another edition of Penis and Mayhem. I am your host, the Outlaw LA Red. You can find me on Twitter <clears throat> at JustinHarvey75. You can find the entire show on the Twit Machine and all sorts of social media at MMM Show 75. In fact, Byron's been working hard on cutting together a little bit of footage from the cross thing last week. Yeah. That seemed to, that seemed to go well. Yeah, and we'll actually post it, unlike fucking Lucha Central. So there you oh, go. Man. Wow, Casey is coming in hot already. Hey, Casey, welcome back. Hey, guys, this is my third fucking podcast this weekend. Now let's go. How's it going? Your third podcast? Why? What else did you do? I did Mark Out Mania yesterday. Oh, love those guys. Uh, had, a, had a good time. If you guys are listening, what's up? Penis, penis, penis. And... Yeah, uh, I told him. Mania that. is like is like the Saturday morning cartoons of the future, for me. Yeah, dude, we talked about we talked about horror movies. We talked about Lucha Underground, and man, I was I was mean in retrospect, but you know, I think the show deserves it sometimes. And well, you're gonna get them a, a second chance to go through some of that because. I definitely have a few things to say about that whole Dante Fox debacle. Yeah, I was shitting on that specifically, so yeah. uh, you're with me there. Also, I did uh, the first episode of Miserable Pod of Secrets. It's a new podcast for Miserable Pile of Secrets, which is the website I started with friend of the podcast, Zach. And uh, we're talking about the new Halloween movie. Uh, short version of it, go mm -hmm. fucking see that movie immediately, all of you. If you haven't already. Know. You saw it probably, mm -hmm. what? Two weeks ago now, right? <laughs> oh, last Ooh. weekend. Last, last weekend. weekend. Yeah. And uh, trust me, all of you should see it if you haven't already. Have any of you guys got a chance yet? Well, does uh, Jimmy Lee Curtis get naked in this one? No, you don't get... I don't I don't know what... You have a type, Justin. <laughs> and, go what are you it. saying? What are you saying I have a type? Why are you saying that? I don't know. I don't know. Just I've heard some rumors. Trading Places was a great movie. Trading Places was True Lies. True Lies was awesome. That aerobics thing. Was it called Perfect with her and John Travolta? Great, great stuff. That's a deep cut, Justin. Jesus, that is a deep cut. Wow. Have you ever done the thing where you watch Trading Places on Netflix instead of Basic Cable, and you're like, oh, not so family oriented of a movie. Who been putting that cools out on my carpet? It was never a family-oriented movie. No, it really they wasn't. Don't show the poops in some of the words on TV. Oh um, no, they definitely don't. They definitely let me put don't. it to you this way, Byron. I watched Clash of the Titans. You know the original, just Clash of the Titans from the eighties. Yeah, okay. the other yeah. day. Except I watched it on Amazon, and for the first time in maybe 20, 25 years, not on you know cable or really basic cable or regular TV. Forgot There's about the nudity. There's boobs in Clash of the Titans. Yeah, um, oh. I had a teacher find that out. Uh, Valencia High School, shout out, Byron. Uh, Miss Cressup, totally didn't. This. Yeah, totally didn't realize that that happened. And there's nudity in that movie too. Yeah, so. airline cut, man. All the, a lot of those '80s movies, like Irreconcilable Differences, has boobs That's in true. it. <laughs> they in all had boobs. They all had boobs in them. As yeah, the right. places. Training Places wasn't R-rated because of Jamie Lee Curtis's boobs. It was all the F-bombs. <laughs> yeah, that movie, that movie says fair. fuck a lot. That's true. Um, wow. Well, it's about real life, you know? It's like they had to really get into it. Yeah. I'm sorry. I took us down a dark road, so let me get even darker real quick. I want to talk, even before we get into the Lucha Underground thing, uh -huh. I want to talk about the Roman Reigns thing because oh, I, have, uh -huh. I have issues with it, and a lot of people think you I'm think crazy. You shouldn't have leukemia? 
No, 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 no. It has nothing to do with his actual illness. What I don't like was I, I don't like how the information was disseminated. I think his promo or whatever was fine. But here's the thing. And I said this in a, a Twitter post yesterday that like I find it odd in the wrestling world when people are covering Becky Lynch's fake heat on people in the locker room like it's real news. And yet Roman Reigns has real news and real things going on with him. And it gets covered as part of the TV show like it's a storyline. And I find it almost disgusting, to tell you the truth. I don't like the fact that it was this opening segment. Like, I feel like when you have news like this, you make a press release. You say what's going on. You have real media cover it. Mm-hmm. You absolutely can acknowledge it on the show. But they're not <laughs> CNN. They're, they're, they're breaking this. New, they're not Variety. They're breaking this news on the show like they're a news outlet in the middle of a scripted show and doing it in the same format in which they present scripted content. And using it to turn Dean Ambrose heel later in the show also. Which, uh, yeah. I, I, we all felt uneasy when, the, when we watched the it live. That's the thing. talking about like, it as it happened. I, uh, I think it wasn't that bad, but it's just they had the bad, bad track record with that sort of stuff. And then... And then they use that as a way, as a means or a reason, a hot shot, an Ambrose turn. Like they were going to do that later, I think. They're like, oh, we have this. Let's get the heat. And that sucks because. Had Ambrose even finished his face turn yet? <laughs> he, he's barely been back. It's just like, you know, I'm going to be honest and upfront and say, I didn't watch that shit. But I think all of you should stop watching it as well, is the moral of the story. I mean, I wasn't really even planning on it, but I, I, I put it on, and I was on the East Coast, so it was a little easier for me to watch. Like, when it comes on at 5 p.m. on the West Coast, there's no, not a snowball's chance in hell I'm watching it live, ever. You know, but I was on the East Coast. It was late. I was just doing notes, so I just click it on, and I was just like, oh. Like, I felt for Roman. Like, clearly the locker room likes the guy. He, he's obviously a, a genuine and real locker room leader. He has a lot of people that care for him. You know, he's definitely an integral part of the business at this point, whether you like his on-screen persona or not. He is a star in the business, a big part of that locker room, and he deserves the respect that he's getting from everyone else. I don't think the fans deserve for, you know, his tragedy in life and and his plight to be turned into storylines to play on their emotions and sympathies. I just think it's despicable. I think it's bad television. I get it. And they got the heat. They got people watching and talking. I've got to tag on to this as well. Go ahead, me. You've got gatekeepers. Gatekeepers to the horrible diseases of the world that happen to people you don't like. Or like like they're on TV. They're acting. Um, So there's people out there who are now saying, because you've booed Roman Reigns, you can no longer be sympathetic to a man who's just been diagnosed with leukemia. Yeah, that's that's great. I saw that too, and it's like, oh yeah. Well, keep farting in the temple while you're at it, please. Uh, fucking should be against the Geneva Convention. Worst farts I've ever smelled in my life. Um, Speaking yeah. of the temple, all right. Evil Mark number, <laughs> evil Mark number uh, one, most wanted evil Mark in the world, got some airtime this week. Oh, good yeah. for them. Jimmy's best friend. Jumping all up in front of Jimmy and Byron. As, as you notice, at a certain point, you don't see me on camera anymore, but that's because everyone else had to keep moving further and further in front of that guy to even see what was going on in the ring. And I just yeah. got to the point where I, I was sitting on the edge, uh, kind of near the bleachers over there. I was in seat number one of section B. And um, 
I just said, fuck it. I was just so over it. I just sat down for like half these matches. And here's Dante Fox, one of my favorite performers of all time, you know, of any era, you know, back and in the ring and showing out and doing all sorts of crazy stuff. I probably missed half his spots live because I, I was so over that guy. I was so over that whole situation. I was like, you know, a front row seat isn't all it's cut out, cracked up to be when there's some ass clown just jumping up in front of everybody the whole time. There was a shot of you, uh, guys in a line, and the camera was kind of like just on the, like, I think Jim was towards the back. Or Byron was at the back, sorry. Jim was second. There's you. Yeah. And then literally this guy backs into the shot, and he's like leaning in on you as much as he can so he can get like his face onto the camera and like his reaction. But he's literally on top of Justin. I mean, we love enthusiasm. We do. Enthusiasm yeah. in the temple should be rewarded, but that is on a different level. Yeah, and there's. I, just, I don't think he knew what he was doing. I, 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 I wasn't there. I assume that that's the case, and I, it kind of sucks that no one was there to take the proper care and make sure that the guy was safe or not endangering others. You I know mean, I mean? just don't even know. We tried to tell the guy. You try to edge him back. You try to have show, get him to show some respect. He just wasn't doing it. Like that other girl that people were shitting on a little bit who was also wearing the uh, Worldwide Underground thing. I've talked to her a few times. She was there most of the whole season, and she was just really enthusiastic. She would get really into the matches, and she would yell and scream at the heels and this, that, and the other thing. I think she she is genuinely just an enthusiastic fan. This guy is a fucking D-bag. That guy was a horrible human being and should never he be allowed to. In the face, yeah, trying to get into a shot. He put, he hit my Omar in the face. Yeah, which I mean, in the temple is happened. is pretty dastardly. Like you're gonna mess yeah. with some dude that's been at almost every single freaking show. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's a certain level of respect and reverence that Omar deserves, and that definitely isn't it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but, I don't yeah. even care what I don't even care what you think of the guy. Like, I even give. You know, there's some other guys that are Temple OGs that are not necessarily my favorite people on the planet, but I'll give them all the deference and respect in the world when they're in the Temple, especially if they're trying to enjoy the show. You know, you can't be messing with them. I don't know. It's just one of those things where it's like, here you got this great match. You got it's it's the whole episode, um, which I didn't think it would be. I thought they were going to truncate the shit out of it to to make yeah. it like half the episode or something. But they give it to you for the whole episode, pretty much. It's got some phenomenal things that happened in it and you know i think there was a lot of of quite a few things that soured it for me um i really thought i really 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 thought dante was going to win yeah. i thought that it was going to be a moment for them to hot shot him back onto whatever path they had written for him for the season you know i we know that dj and roach and evie dub and and tony and all those guys and skip were all hot on ar the beginning of the season they all wanted to see him do big things and make big things happen for him so i figured oh well he's back and he's cleared so they're just gonna make them happen now you know i'm fine with that it's kind of a telegraph but no we couldn't just get the telegraph it had to be the swerve it had to be and oh, I like it, you, know, you know what it is justin you know what, what is it is it would have made us happy and fuck us for being enthusiastic fans that actually liked Things. Do you think it really was just the swerve for the sake of the swerve? Yes, I think that's like half of the fucking booking the show does. It's it's fucking annoying. Like, okay, Ultima Lucha Dose, they've given us reasons why they did things the way they did. I still think it was just the swerve for the sake of the swerve. You are still bitter about that. That's amazing. 
Yeah, but it was the perfect timing for giving the championship. Yeah, I don't know. And they decided to. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. We got a whole season of Too Little, Too Late, and he saw saw what great things it did for the show. So yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I think some of the the best numbers that the show has pulled this season have been on the episodes where Pentagon's title run was playing out. Yeah, it's I mean, he still, still drew numbers. He's not drawing flies. Yeah. I uh, I just got to get all my hate out since I'm not going to be on the episode when I can address it with people uh, a little more. No, oh, you're not going to be able to make it Thursday? No, I'm not because I'm in school Thursdays, uh, unfortunately. That sucks. So here, so, so all you folks out there know what's going on. This Thursday night, 7 p.m. Uh, specific time, as I like to say, Pacific time. Um, still daylight savings for us Americans. No longer daylight saving for uh, you Brits over there. Which is confusing. So confusing. <laughs> well, it's because Bush pushed our um, our daylight savings longer one week in the fall, which I think sucks because it used to be Halloween weekend. Yeah. When you got the time change, so you get an extra hours at the bars on the, the, the Saturday before Halloween so you can go out and party and get stupid. And now it's the following week. So anyway, um, this Thursday, 7 p.m., um, we're going to be joined by as many of the Lucha Underground bosses, um, the executive producers and producers as we can possibly get into one giant roundtable. Um, a few of them have already agreed to be uh, involved. Some of the big ones that you guys all know and love. Um, I won't <laughs> say who hasn't responded yet, but one of them has not responded yet. Um, hold on, hold on, Justin. I will give you my response, and it is fuck you. <laughs> okay, that's one boss now. There's one boss. See, boss is just popping up on the show left and right. Um, but anyway, yeah, so it's going to be a fun little roundtable. It's going to be, um, you know, a little bit of hype for the final Ultima Lucha, even though we're going to do a little Ultima Lucha 4 preview tonight. But um, be a little bit of hype for that. We'll ask him some questions about some of the stuff that went down this season. Uh, maybe we'll get some clarification on, you know, who didn't show up from Mexico and who did and who replaced them. I don't know if they if they can or will answer any of those questions, but I know somebody in the chat room will ask. I'm sure. So if you have questions for the bosses, the writers, the executive producers of the show, make sure you come by on Thursday. Get your questions in for the bosses, and um, we shall see what they have to say. And hopefully maybe they'll they'll be able to shed a little light on, on what might be happening for season five or if there's going to be a season five. Maybe they'll show up and say, hey, the show's done. Um, I, I know there's also, uh, and I haven't talked to any of them about any of this stuff because I'm kind of saving it for the show, but um, there's questions about what's going on with Netflix now. There's questions about what's going to happen with the syndication for this season four. Um, you know, there's questions uh, about a lot of things. And, you yeah. know... There's there's talent out there reporting that season five is a done deal. There's talent out there reporting that season five isn't going to happen. And um, as we know from other things with the underground in the past, I don't really trust the talent to know these things. <laughs> no, I've said they're not no. coming back for season five, even though they're still in it and in a major storyline. <laughs> yeah, that guy's not coming back. Uh, yeah, if I, <laughs> I, can, um, I can confirm that guy's not coming back. You know, um, I don't, I don't trust the uh, the anything that Cortez Castro says. So I'm gonna go with the opposite of what he says, and I don't even know what he said so far. Uh, I don't know that he was even really speaking out of turn. Mm -hmm. I think he's been given reasons to believe that um, there will be a season five, and that he'll he's actually going to be involved in some way. Um, I, I heard he, I heard he's the new Matanza. 
That'd be awesome. <laughs> Matanzi. It's just him in a, in a building. They're going to turn it into like a, a, a reality TV show. It's just him in that building trying to escape it. Hey, that'd be kind of cool. He's like an, awesome. It's like escape room. Oh, man. Um, you know... You know, uh, I I hope there's another season. I shit on the show a lot and uh, and some of the choices it makes, but I do it out of a place of love. And I hope there is another season because after I'm done with this semester, I'm actually going to be able to enjoy life a little more and actually watch shows and have fun. Wait, am I going to have to retire my Where's Casey shirt? Are you going to actually go to some, some lucha with me if it comes back? Uh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to go. But, uh, no, he's like, wait, wait, don't go that far. <laughs> especially if they keep this taping on Fridays bullshit up. I don't like that. Like, that's not good for me anytime. Uh, I can't imagine that's going to change at this point because I don't feel like the budget is going to get more money. <laughs> right, right. I mean, if I was a network executive, as much as I love Lucha Underground, I'm going to be thinking to myself, ah, they made it for that much last time. Let's keep it right there. <laughs> Or they made it for that much last time. Uh, let's let's see how how little we can have, and maybe they can only have uh, Jack Swagger beat one person at a time next season. <laughs> well, I see. I I don't think with the new contract that they have in place with El Ray that that's even an option. I think for the next three seasons, pretty much it's a take it or leave it deal for El Ray. They can't uh, slash the budget any more than they did on the uh, hiatus round. So basically, it's it's go or no go. Um, so I don't expect we'll see any less production value. I mean, I guess the real question at this point is, is the production value that they currently have enough? Is 22 or whatever episodes a season enough? Is that is it working or is it just not working anymore? Honestly, I would rather see them do a 13 episode season with the same amount of money and have like really cool shit. But uh, I know that's not a whole lot of wrestling. You know what I mean? Uh that's like nine episodes less. I'm just talking out my ass at this point, but I don't know. I felt like I felt like the budget was the least of their issues this season, and most of the issues I had were were creative decisions. Um, like I understand why some of them were made. It doesn't mean I like them. You know what I mean? Um, like, uh, you know, you don't have availability to some of your guys like Cuerno and. Aerostar and Drago so, and AR Fox. So when we finally get them, let's fucking job them out. You know, <laughs> uh, that sucks. That's not. I don't cool. know. I think Aerostar. What Byron? I think Aerostar and Drago have been extremely heavily featured, and I think that they're the only the only spot that I know I wasn't too really thrilled with was when they went up against. Jake Strong and lost to him right away. And I think that sort of playing out, I think I think that runs a lot deeper than what it looked like, but because of who was cast as Jake Strong, it looks bad. Um well, but, I mean you know, that look, also gets into let's yeah. let's let's hypothetically say Kevin Cross comes in in the Jake Strong role, right? Yeah. He's also done a luchador killer uh kind of gimmick. Um, he hasn't gone so uh, we the people with it, but you can see how there's definitely some parallels in what he's done in Mexico, and he could he could have stepped into a part like that. Now, if he stepped into that exact same role and the storyline played out exactly the same, where he's crushing 
Aerostar and Drago, just like he's done with many a luchador in Mexico, do you think it goes over better than yeah. Jake Strong? Do you, want it, do, you do you mean with us he, personally? Because he, uh, he did it, because he, he murdered did it. people. He, Okay, here's here's the thing. The the storyline is that, and I'm just going to spell it out because this is what they did, and it was kind of subtle, but Jake Strong is a god. Maybe he's a limo guy, probably, but he's another god that's coming in to take over the temple. And, uh, you know, there we go. Um, Aerostar and Drago are directly implicated in that storyline. That's one of the major storylines of Lucha Underground, which... They kind of gotten away from and i wonder if they had to cool that whole sort of thing because they didn't get the people that are supposed to be in it maybe but okay so so here's 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 my other question yeah maybe this is for casey i don't know maybe me who would you brought in from mexico in the same storyline you give a, a latino performer the jake strong storyline who would that be murder clown okay i could see that I would keep I would keep uh, Swagger or Cross if it's Limo guy. But well, I yeah, think but that he's you bring team. in. I think you bring in other luchadors and you give them the spots where they get killed in the ring because these guys are featured heavily in the ring and outside the ring, and they're strong in their vignettes and they're awesome. I like them a lot, but they could be doing something else. Like even if they're just coasting, that in the ring, they're not jobbing out to a big racist white guy which is what jake strong was in no, look, you know i realized also we were talking about the sammy guevara effect and how somehow he's getting over as a face in lucha underground i've forgotten that he ran up against the the jake strong brick wall at the beginning too and that's part of why because the latino fans especially in the temple were more behind him than jake to begin with, so then when Sammy reemerges later after that whole debacle, he gets this huge face pop, and that's a big part of it. So yeah, yeah, but what did they do with that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, we're we're, we're gonna see next week. Put, put in we're is the same as putting Sam Adonis. <laughs> you know, because you, you know, you know why I would like Cross in this role more. Because it's making a new star instead of uh, pushing a WWE guy to the top and saying, once again, this WWE guy is better than all of our homegrown talent, which they did with Johnny Mundo as well. Much as I love Johnny Mundo, as much as he's a team player, he was not a homegrown talent, and I feel like they should be on the top. Well, but let's not forget that part of the reason that happened was Kevin Cross was literally at a WWE tryout when when the season was coming together at the last minute. And, and also, had, had that not been the case, maybe he would have still been in this part. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, yeah but then they had him for two years. They had him for two years before that, so they did nothing with him. So also, they still got they, Cross in a very interesting, unique role that highlighted every single strength and interest of his. I mean, well, they still yeah. delivered on Cross. Yes, and the two and the two and a half year thing. Keep in mind also that they weren't on TV or taping for like a year and a half of that. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but you know, yeah, I mean, yeah. they, they they could have gone right. We're going to give you this character. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I, I, I really feel like it would have I been think... smart for them to bring him in at the end of season three. Yeah, instead of what we're getting right now, which yeah, is literally just bringing him in at the end of season four. I mean, he has had they brought, one they brought match. Uh, 
They brought in Bestia at the end of season three as well. Well, and and there's also an argument for why you don't do that. <laughs> yeah, they brought in they brought in Chelsea Green at the end of this season, and we see how that's gone already. I mean, she gone, 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 gone. Yeah, yeah. So and and who knows with Cross, man? They fucking dick around too much with getting a season five. Maybe he's gone too. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, you heard him here last we'll him week. On, we'll I don't, I don't yeah. think that he yeah, has any desire to do that, but no, but um, yeah, we. He was very specific and eloquent about it last week. Well, the other thing he was very specific and eloquent about uh, was that uh, he had no no animosity towards AAA, but he pretty much felt like they were fucking him fucking up because he had no idea what was going on with them either. Um, since then, since Kevin Cross has publicly said these things on the show, his phone has rung and he is currently taping in. Mexico for the AAA TV tapings right now as we speak. I find that very interesting. (laughs) (laughs) So any wrestlers out there who want to get booked anywhere, just come here. Yeah. Slug them off. You got some gripes that you want to talk about uh, uh, of not getting booked in certain places. Come on by. We'll see if we can uh, help you out by letting you talk about it. (laughs) I love that. Oh, my God. That is so great, dude. That's funny. That's, That's how Hogan's back in the WWE. But that's also that also goes to show you a little bit of how AAA works, man. It's like Cross is a decent dude, and the fact that he's not going to be the guy to, to to complain a lot. It was actually, and he wasn't even trying to do that last week. Like I cornered him and made him talk about it, and he knew I was going to make him talk about it. But but he went for it, and he's not going to bullshit or lie about it either. But he would have never volunteered that information. He would have never gone into business for himself. He would never go out on social media and be like, yeah, I don't know what the fuck's up with AAA. Like, that's never going to happen without somebody directly questioning him about it. But at the same time, it goes to show you why certain things go the way they go in AAA, because Squeaky Wheel gets the grease down there. Whoever's got the juice in the locker room and is using it is who's going to get pushed that week. It's just the way it is down there. I don't know why. And, And really, they still have this mentality that all they care about it's filling up the arena day of, selling some Coca-Cola, and moving on. Like, By the, the way. The, the long-term storylines just mean nothing. It's Jarrett versus uh, Wagner, hair versus hair. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, tonight, take, tonight, take, take that, L.A. Park. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, God. Um, yeah. Go ahead, huh. So, so Jared's gonna lose his hair. That's that's interesting. Unless it'll grow out in two weeks. No, it's funny because Jared's not gonna lose his hair because Cross is there and he's gonna fucking suplex Wagner into oblivion. Oh, this could be great. That's what I think is funny too. Is that they're basically still just bringing Cross down to like show up and smash somebody and not give him a real match. I don't think. Hey, you know what? Lucian Osprey to back him up, so he's. What would you what would you rather get paid for? Do a run in and drop someone on their head or have to like take bumps and shit? I Oh, you know? I, I I mean, look, there's no question about it. I think that Kevin's role in AAA is genius. I don't care if he ever wrestles a match. Kevin, however, wants to get time in. There, there's a reason yeah. why he's not in WWE right now. He wants to actually wrestle with these guys. He wants to feel other people out in the ring. He wants to experience different styles. He wants to do a thing, man. He wants to go out there and be a wrestler. And, you know, the, the problem with a little bit of his persona is the fact that he does get paired up with Moose, and they are great on camera. He doesn't have to wrestle every week. He doesn't have to be that guy. 
You know, he doesn't have to go out there and have 20 minute matches every week because he can still entertain people for 20 minutes without doing that. Yeah, I, I got to say, if they, you know, Kevin Cross punches people a lot. So why isn't the team called Moose Knuckles yet? That's what I said. Moose yeah. Knuckles would be perfect. Yeah. I'd buy a shirt. I'd buy a shirt that just says Moose Knuckles on the front of it. Yeah, like. I, I mentioned Brian Cage joining as well at that point. Well, oh, so yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think that the Kevin Cross starts carrying brass knuckles. He comes out with moose, and they're moose knuckles, and it's just that's it's just a thing. See, I'd say I said I'd buy the shirt. Where's Vince I, Russo when you need him? I spent money on a shirt that says "Where is Casey?" on it, like asking where I myself am. So <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, yeah. We don't get our own shirts for free. How sadly we don't. And become count, count killer cross. Oh Killer shit! Calls. And wear a fucking oh, monocle and a cape. Oh, dude, get <laughs> him a cape. Dude. I'm pretty sure he's got a monocle. Yeah, yeah. I think Cross has a monocle sitting around. I'm pretty somewhere. sure. Yeah, yeah, a cape yeah. with like an actual skull on it or something. And a cape with a fucking warlock collar, so they think he's like a vampire oh. count because he could be both. You know, he usually wrestles at night. Yeah. Well, yeah. the other cool thing about. Cross. I feel like we're giving bar wrestling all these ideas right now. Yeah, that's pretty much going to happen in yeah. bar wrestling. <laughs> um, the other cool thing with Cross is that it was announced that uh, is it? I don't know if it's coming week or in two weeks that he's going to face off against uh, Johnny Mundo for the belt. Yeah, what's up with that? That's big. That's a big deal. How yeah, that can't be next week. That's two weeks. I think it's two weeks. They're promoting it as like a little mini, uh, a mini event thing. Like it's got some name designation and everything, even though it's not a pay per view. Yeah. Did well, you just read out actual episode where he attacks him? Real he talk, Byron. Out. Did you already see this match? Yeah, Byron, you did in person. I just watched Impact and um, Cross. Like he he said last week on our show that you know it's time for a change, and he is the true agent of change. Uh, he said that to Mundo after he beat him up, which I don't know if Mundo could hear him, but uh, that was the closing shot of impact this week was Mundo, the champ, left lying. Yeah, yeah, he might have been too unconscious to hear him, right? Like, uh, yeah. yeah, too dead. But hey, it's fine because you know what? You know what? If this this leads to a main event and a title shot, I mean, come on. How, how much are you going to be able to keep a belt off of a man like Killer Cross? It's like I don't know if you put it on him yet, but um, maybe you do. An impact. I mean, impact. Impact's got a lot to. Impact's got a lot to consider, though. They need to make stars, and and look, belts are there to make stars, but they also need prestige, and belts are there to carry prestige. Um, And no offense to to Cross, but I do think that Mundo does carry a certain lineage with him that helps the image over there in the short term i don't think he's a guy you leave the belt on for a long time but i would like to see a more extended feud too like the first time byron and i saw uh mundo and cross go at each other um wasn't bad definitely wasn't bad like you know you could tell mundo's been doing this for a long long time um he wasn't helping cross through or anything like that cross was definitely getting his shit in but mundo certainly had a different kind of pacing than cross did at the time and that so was a bar wrestling show that you saw that? No, or, no that was uh, FSW. FSW. In Vegas. Yeah. Um, but since then, Cross is also on a different level. He's gotten a lot more time in the ring. He's gotten a lot more guys that are at that same level as Mundo since then. 
Um, so I'll be really excited to see where, you know, what kind of performance the two of them can put on together now oh, over a year later. Um, and I know that they've worked out with each other a little bit here and there, um, you know, when they were going down to Mexico together as a kind of a, a unit, but we'll see, we'll see where it goes. So they have history, they've worked together before and it should, I think it's leading the right place. And look, here's a guy that two and a half years ago came on this show, certainly was not a guy who was in the title picture in any televised promotion at that point in time, you know, and for him to get himself to that kind of place in that amount of time is pretty impressive. I, I feel like the only way Johnny Mundo walks out of that match champion is if he's wearing the belt on the inside. <laughs> That's nasty. That, that would make his abs look pretty fucked up. I just watched uh, the recent episode of Impact earlier, and I'm, like I was, I started watching a little bit ago about when the latest uh, reset started happening, and then we then we saw new faces begin to come in. Like we saw, well, Cross came in. We talked about that in depth last week. Like Sue Young comes in. Um, so, so some guy. But like these new, these new uh, characters who were having success um, on the independents and they come in and you see some of them are adapting and some of them are being slow burned in, but they're all like new. And you're wondering how all the pieces are going to be put together. And then this last one, it just it looked really cool. Like they had a, everything fit crosses all over the place. And, uh, you know, when you're talking about if Cross could take the belt, I think as far as his presentation in the show, especially after surviving the recent incident, I think he could legitimately be a, a champ right now on Impact. Like he's, yeah, I was gonna say he's in that he's held in that regard on the show, presented in that regard. Now they now that he's no longer with the Vanilla Midget. Um... But it's it's he's, just that he, he, they've kind of gone on in like a character where you can actually go, okay, he can be a world champion. Whereas before it was like going, even if say Austin lost it and it yeah. was like against for cross, he thinks himself still, uh, he's in that group and it's not really the greatest of the group, they don't really need the belts or so, you know. And mm -hmm. then now with just him and Moose, it's like, okay, yeah, you can have the belt. Moose is his little backup kind of the guy, makes sense. Well, also, um, and just I'm getting tongue-tied, but basically these two guys had to come up with their character. They had to be interesting, mm -hmm. yeah. you know? So um, it's like they were lackeys, and now now they're doing their own thing. But see, it's, it, to me, it's so weird, too, because they were lackeys for, what, three weeks? I mean, Moose was in the title picture himself before this, and then... You know, Cross came in with this huge debut like he was fucking Y2J Jericho. And, you know, then they get paired up with Aries for a hot second. But really, we're talking one and a half cycles of programming. That's it. That's not a lot. And so breaking that mold, it's not like it's not like everyone got used to them being butt boys. No one got used to them, you know, being on some bizarre yeah. valet co-high status. Like, and they were pretty prevalent in that program. You know, they were getting stick time. They weren't just, yeah, yeah, what my man said for 
you know, they weren't Flavor Flav and Aries the whole time. Like they were actually getting their own promo time on top of that. So it's really not a terrible place. And it wasn't a terrible little holding pattern just to keep them at the top. And, and it gives them a reason to make sense moving right into the, the, the title picture and the top of the program, either one of them. Yeah. I still want to see those two fight each other, though. I know yeah, Ross doesn't yeah, want to hear but, that, but yeah, I want to see them fight each other. But after talking to Cross about, it, and after watching another promo with Moose and Cross, I kind of want to see a lot more promos with Moose and Cross. Also, I want to see Moose. Uh, He's—I haven't watched a lot of his matches, but what I did see him work uh, at the taping, he was—he seemed to be working a lot of like Japanese strong style type stuff. And I would love to see uh, Cross really help him crisp a lot of that up and maybe just really hurt people. That would be fun. Well, I mean, he's he's still he's doing Japanese strong style, but he's doing it football tackle, you know, style. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a little more it's a little more it's really American strong style is what it is. It's that old kind of bruiser vibe. Where you, it's uh yeah, it is. Very yeah. mid-south 90s kind of style. Which is good. Never dislike that style. But at the same time, you got to you got to find guys to work with you with that style and you still got to be able to let them get on high spots in this day and age. You can't yeah. shut down the high spots for it like the top guys in mid-south would back in the day. You know? Yeah, cuz if you didn't hit them hard, they didn't fucking sell it. Wrestling does <laughs> wrestling does not need another Harley race right now. That's not what wrestling is gonna. Then it's the any greatest man on God's green earth, Justin. The greatest man on God's green earth. Take the money, Justin. Take the money. <laughs> Classic. Uh, yeah. It hurts my throat. It hurts my throat. That's what she said. Oh, oh, I, I oh everyone's like, fun. oh, God, Grizzly. Oh, like you were. That's a funny part where, um, in their tag match, uh, this week, uh, there was a dive, and the um, the, the catch of the dive was, I would say, really bad. <laughs> like, Moose tried to catch him with the back of his own neck. Oh, 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 fuck. And I, I don't know. Well, it's a great catch, it's exactly the way you're supposed to do it. Yeah, don't don't go don't go to the Los Boricuas school of catching people in on dives, please. Uh, R.I.P. Crypt the Keeper. Uh, he's not really dead, but Edge ended his career. Oh, oh fuck! That was the worst dive catch I've ever seen. That like the catcher got injured. I've seen some pretty bad ones where the diver got injured. You know, like we've seen countless ones of those. But yeah. Oh man, yeah, that one was brutal. Oh, no. There was the um, DJZ or Zima Ion back then, actually, and Jesse Sorensen. Oh, yeah. Outside, that was a fucking brutal catcher kill. Yeah, that was that was pretty close to what happened with Edge, except kind of facing the opposite direction. Oh, man. Ooh. Yeah. Because, uh, uh, shit, and then it was Edge's debut, and he didn't get to do any of his moves, so they had to, like announce him the winner after like 12 seconds oh man it was it was the whole thing but that was that was the great crypt the keeper and that's how his career ended terrible sad sad well <laughs> casey, casey do you have any moments in, in, in your wrestling background that aren't sad moments um 
the time that uh the time that Marty Janetti got thrown through the barbershop window. Okay, see that's fun. Uh, see, like I, I love I love like I like when wrestling's fucked up. Like I like that whole, you know, Mike Awesome showing yeah. up, dropping the belt, ECW crazy thing where all three promotions somehow had to butt fuck each other that one day <laughs> just to get, get the belt off the guy. Like, we know that's why you're so positive about this shitty season of uh, Lucha Underground. Uh, maybe, maybe it is. I mean, <laughs> I kind of like it when wrestling is a hot mess. Yeah. There might be must something wrong with me. Chelsea Green fan, that's why. Massive Chelsea Green fan. Oh, this is true. This is true. I am a massive Chelsea Green now. fan. But get this, I don't don't particularly like the hot mess character. Oh, I think it's hilarious. And every oh, time she I puts up one of the polls, I'm always like, no, no, d- no, go go as yourself. Yeah, I mean, I'm not being funny, but I did not expect the performance out of her against Pentagon. I didn't think she could actually do that. I'll be oh, God, no one did. Yeah. Absolutely no, no one did. That. Like, I expected it to I, be I nothing. interesting, but what she did with Pentagon was nothing short of amazing for the level at which she was supposed to be. Clearly, she is at a much higher level, and clearly WWE saw that too, and they're like, uh, hi, Chelsea, you want to just come on over here now? Your boyfriend's been talking about you forever. Uh, you can just show up tomorrow. Oh, and man, speaking of her boyfriend, dude, I got to put over his podcast, the Major Wrestling Figures podcast. Uh, fucking amazing, actually. I love it. It's great. I'm not being sarcastic. I really love that podcast. So do you think that Pentagon match might be the best match that she's going to have for the rest of her career now? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I I think she's going to have some good ones. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'd love to see her in a program with Charlotte. I think she'd do great with Charlotte. I think she'd do great with Alexa Bliss. I would be bored to tears of her and Ronda or Becky or Sasha or Bailey or any of those girls. You know, maybe maybe Ruby would be fun, but uh, I don't know. Like, I'm but just being reminded. I mean, is anyone like super excited to see like you know an Alicia Fox Chelsea Green program? Don't think so. Fuck Alicia Fox. I bet you'd like to. Literally. Oh, I don't know. I, I like Alicia Fox, but I, I just don't think she's going to get a match. Her win game's on much point. Fun, you know. Now yeah. here's the other thing that I do okay. think is cool though. Um, as we speak right now. There is an entirely all women's pay per view on mm-hmm. on WWE. I didn't want to mention it at the top of the show because I didn't want people to like run away and go the watch that instead. Rumble. But what surprises me is when you look at these women who have su- supposed to be at the top of the women's divisions, they're all in like these six way matches, like you know. Yeah. Asuka and Ember and Mickey James and Nia Jax, all these people that were at the top of the program on the first ever women's pay-per-view are all of a sudden in in three-way dances and six-way matches and all this. It's a clusterfuck. I don't understand. Like, pick the top eight women, give them real programs, let them have some matches, um, and, and, and do a real thing. Like, I think it's because they've got to admit that a lot of the women that are there are absolutely fucking shit. But so are they trying to cover them with the other? I mean, look, Sasha, Sasha's had major programs. She can do a 20 minute match. Maybe 10 of it will be good. Bailey, Bailey can do 20. 
Is that what it is? I mean, it's 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 weird because it's like here, ladies, here's a pay per view for you. But yet, um, by the way, we have absolutely no faith that you can carry this show. So we're gonna stack it to protect all of you and not let anybody go out there and wrestle. And the uh, the the person that we're gonna actually let go out there and wrestle is uh, Rhonda, who's the newest one here. Yeah, you she know, eighteen, and the yeah. Bellas are gonna wrestle them up. They are pure dog shit. They should be obliterated off the face of the fucking earth. They are scum. <laughs> Wow. Tell us how you really feel, um, me. Hey, can okay, I say, while, we, while we're shooting, uh, six six and seven-way matches are creatively bankrupt and are just half-assing your job as a booker. How was that seven to survive match Boom. this week on Lucha Underground? Boom! <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I had to because I hate that shit. Um, Look, seven to survive would have been great if the one who survived was Dante Fox. Well, yeah. yeah. That's the only booking that makes sense for that match. Like, Jake Strong needs to walk through the same seven people again? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's what I mean. You could have had a screwy finish last week. And I love like, oh, like, And then I, this I, week, Jake, okay, Jake wins. But, like, he would have been like, ooh, someone different won. But, like, now it's like, oh, look, the guy did the same match twice. He won. He's so much better than everybody else. I mean, I like the guy. I genuinely like the guy a lot. He's... He's a mixed martial artist. He's going out there. He's he's training right now for his Bellator fight. Um, you know, nicest guy on the planet. Salt of the earth kind of down home. Nice guy. Never hurt anybody. I mean, like I, I told you, me and Willie Mack hung out with him forever at Ultima Lucha 4. Like, are those the three people you expect to see shooting the shit for an hour outside of the temple? Is Willie Mack, Jack Swagger, and my dumbass? No. <laughs> nicest guy in the world and i'm very very happy for him and the push that he's getting but at the same time i don't understand the booking of that match i just don't understand how you don't put it on ar fox yeah i think there's two elements at play here there's one ar fox is awesome and he's been gone the whole season and it's like the it's the the crow sting effect where he hasn't wrestled forever when he comes back it's the biggest match of the year but it i i think bigger than that is there's a storyline that, that Jake Strong is a part of that is playing out and has precedence over that. So they just did. They Especially if it's Fox. the storyline that you guys are speculating that it is because that's yeah. been three years in the making. So, yeah. And so I think they gave Fox, if the storyline, you know, I don't know exactly what's going on because we haven't even seen any of the vignettes, but, um, I think they gave Fox the best that they could. And the thing is, like, in all reality, what do you do? Do you try and capitalize on Fox for two episodes if you only have them for, like, two matches? Or do you not, like, use them in a bad way and wait to use them properly? I don't know. Like, the second best way to show for him to show off ended up leaving a really bad taste in everyone's mouth. I mean, look. Lucha Underground helped catapult Ricochet to, to where he's at right now. Um, it looks like Killshot is probably not too far behind. Um, I don't know that he's going to leave or anything, but it definitely, like Lucha Underground combined with some of the stuff he's doing on the indies, he is on another level now. Mm-hmm. Um, Dante was the next think- guy in line for that of, of the Americans that they brought in. And... I think you go ahead and do that because I think eventually you're going to lose him anyway. You know, he's got a phone now. He's got social media now. 
<laughs> yeah, he'll start getting. It's over, man. Somebody's gonna figure out how well, to get in touch with him and offer him a real job. <laughs> this four weeks a, a year thing isn't gonna last for a lot of these people. You know, maybe you can keep the uh, the the Martin Casauses of the world around, but even him, like I'm worried he might jet off to WWE one of these days soon. You know, it's not like he doesn't have contacts over there. No. I don't know. So the match itself, what did you guys like? What did you dislike? What were the what were the spots you liked? Oh, I loved the Drago. Drago? Yeah. Yeah. As, as cool as the dive was, seeing Drago in the high-vis and the hard helmet was fucking amazing. Absolutely classic, right? That was just awesome. I can I can confirm that that is the moment that DJ is most proud of in the whole second half of the season, by the way. Mm, you know? We can get on him all day long about his booking of this, that, and the other thing, but I can tell you right now that if everyone appreciates that spot, I'm pretty sure that's all he actually cares about. Well, that, that that's nice. Uh, it, it, it's nice to know. Uh, sorry, I, I thought I muted myself when I went to go get cookies, so I hope I wasn't like really loud while you guys were trying to talk. Uh, now, because, you know, we got some of those cookies with the frosting that makes your dookie weird colors. You know what I mean. Uh, oh, yes. No, no, like the, the, there's these toxically bright colored cookies that you can get at oh. Ralph's out here, especially that make yeah. you have like blue and purple and pink poop. See, this is yellow, oh, so I'm just gonna look like I have malaria <laughs> or something, but yeah, you know. that's amazing. Wait, so you oh, didn't like the hard hat thing, Casey? I mean, I don't, you didn't even watch the whole episode, did you? I didn't, I didn't watch five minutes of the episode. I saw, I saw who went over and who didn't, and I'm like, I'm not watching this. Drago in a hard hat comes out with the um, with the forklift for a high spot for Aerostar. Pretty amazing. Mm. And I thought he was going to jump on the lightning rig at first. I thought he was going to jump on the lightning rig and then die from there. But. No, it was it was pretty awesome. Seeing it live was amazing too. Like, and and we spotted Drago early ahead of time. I don't know if it's cut exactly the way it went down live, because I feel like Drago came out in the hard hat and was directing traffic for a minute first, and then went back and got the forklift. Uh, so was that, was that a higher dive than the one he did at Ultima Lucha 1 that was fucking insane? Or was that... Oh, God. Yeah. Um, it was a safer spot, but it may have actually been higher, but it was more straight shot down. Yeah, yeah. Because that, that first one was very not safe. Yeah, no, it was. this was not sketchy at all. This was well-planned. Um, this this went off the way it was supposed to. It looked good. AR's so dives looked seen. good. Everybody's dives. In the, AR, AR worked surprisingly safe, by the way, and still managed to keep it exciting. Yeah. And I hope he takes a note from that because he did not go as wingnut crazy as he normally does. Yeah. yeah. He didn't lose a limb and lose some flesh out the back. No, but he he took a couple bumps that were really not good. Like when he did that um, oh, yeah. one dive and he hit the guys, but he ended up just basically jumping off the second floor and landing on his own ass. Oh, oh. I, don't, I don't think oh, we. Yeah, like, yeah but in the past yeah. he would have like he would have done the flip and splayed himself out and not care how he landed. Like he was working a lot safer in the fact that he still landed it without necessarily hitting the dive perfectly, you know? Yeah. And he, he was doing that a couple of times tonight where he was taking the softer bump where he was curling up a little bit better. He was getting his feet back under him. He did not used to do that. 
I mean, I've seen the dude laid out on lay himself out on guardrails before, like take a, yeah. a dive off the third rope to a guardrail and miss and lay himself out hard on a guardrail. Well, I've seen him yeah. do worse on broken glass and shit. So, I mean, yeah. some of the CZW bumps, fuck. Oh, yeah, they're sick. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we saw hey, him we lose low main pain this week. That was cool. Quoto <laughs> did um, some nice things. He was tending face, helping yeah, out the, there. I think that he's. I don't know what Quano is. Is he a face or let's is he a heel in Lucha Underground? We don't know enough this season at all. <laughs> it seemed like he was going to have quite a big season from the kind of, you know, trailer. Well, judging from but, his uh, win loss record, I think the term you're looking yeah, for is jobber. Jobber. Um, yeah. He's nice boy Quota now. He doesn't hunt people. He kind of just he runs at them and gets killed. Yeah, yeah. Poor All right, guy. dude. So what do you do with Quano at this point? What do you do with his character? Do you still want to see him get well, pushed well, to the top? Well, the thing is, is like he's when the first <coughs> one and a bit series, his character is quite high up on there. And again, we're going back to the Aztec God thing here. Mm-hmm. Um, that I'd love to go back to, but that's when he was more important as a character. You know, mm-hmm. he, as a wrestler, he's like one of the best ones in there. But like, as, in terms of character, just in the show, he was important then. Obviously, he got injured with his back and neck. Right. Um, that's that caused a lot of issues for the third series. But like coming to this, I thought maybe he's gonna. But the storyline isn't there for him, and the episode count isn't there for him. The possibility do it because he was in, I think, one, a couple of the early episodes. Again, quite big, you know, getting the um, TV time. And it was like, oh, shit, this is going to be quite massive. And then he wasn't on for six or seven episodes, maybe eight. And then, <laughs> you know. Well, and you wonder why I hated on him so bad before, but this is this is why I was hating on him before. It's not him. It's not the performer. It's that I hate being dictated with characters that are going to be something or do something, and then they don't. Yeah. Or they can't for some reason. Hey, I mean, Justin, Justin, where's Nightclaw? Yeah, yeah but that's uh, different. He, I mean, that was a one-off thing. Out I mean, with me. Nightclaw's hanging out with me. The, the Querno promise was made to us probably on six different occasions now. I mean, and never I'm once to, I'm not trying to do the whole Phantasma needs to be pushed into the massive angle. Because, you know, he's my boy. But the um, if we're talking about the Jake Strong thing, alternatives... I know it's, it take away the limo guy and take away that whole Aztec God angle of it. Querno, the kit, the hunter, doing an angle where he's taking people out one by one every week makes sense. I would have had no, him no. be the reason, like, you know, when we stopped seeing Bengala, I would have had him kill Bengala. Like, why not? You know? Yeah. Have Bengala's head on the actual, you know, on like, our mask up on the thing. Never explain it, but just have it in his room. And he'd be like, oh, yeah. shit. Using using it as an ashtray for a cigar. The thing, the thing, the thing is, is, I'm not being funny, but like you've got that character on there. I'm not saying he has to kill every character off, but it's the kind of person you use to be. Like Dario's hired him to go and take him out. How awesome would it have been if he was the one who took out Prince Puma? Yeah, and you just see Prince Puma's shit hanging on his wall. Exactly. Like, uh, you know, they still do the thing with Puma walking away and taking his mask off, and then you just see Cuerno come up and just fucking murk him, and then yeah. you see all his shit on a wall somewhere. It's great. 
Yeah, or, or even before Puma takes his mask off as he's walking out of the arena, like that little shot, Cuerno's mm-hmm. waiting for him, and he goes, you know what's going to happen, and then just fuck shanks him, takes his mask off his corpse, and takes it to his lair. That, that's like, how you fucking... You show, Puma, you show Puma and Nightclaw crossing the street together, and then Cuerno's yeah. car just runs them both over, and then he puts them in this trunk and drives away. Did, did you say crossing their streams together? Uh, you know maybe, what they should do? Maybe, maybe. They should take they should take Puma and then bring in a brand new character and have the character say, Hey, I killed Puma. That's why Puma's not here. And then have the character sign with WWE like a week later. I yeah. wanted that to be Leo Rush. I really thought that he could have been mini Puma and been perfect. I wanted it to be Vinny Massaro. <clears throat> and I yeah. think they killed him too. Uh, you know, we never saw the body. Leopard. Vinny but, who? Uh, Leopard print. Vinny. Vinny who? Leopard print vest. Oh, dude, how how awesome. This has nothing to do with Vinny Massaro, but what if um, Ultimo Panda came and became the new Prince Puma while still being a panda, and he was just Prince Panda? Yeah. See, I have the good booking ideas. I'm just could he, saying. Could he not be Pumda? Pumda? Yeah. I, I don't know. That sounds like a sexual technique or something. That's what I'm I saying. Know. I like the name Pumda. I think that'd be hot. They'll be like, what's a Pumda? Bend over and I'll show you. Yeah, Pumda. Oh. Well, you, know, you know about Panami, don't you? Obviously. We're, we're going to have to make a Pumda shirt now uh, with just Jim giving an okay sign and it says Pumda. <laughs> it's a word in Jim. I don't know, but it's a word in whatever his native language is. Uh, no, Jim, come on. You asked where Jim is. Is Jim bathing and. Virgin white women right now? What's going on? Why is he not here? <laughs> uh, I, I just know that the answer is fucking, I don't know who or what, but the answer is fucking. I saw, that there were, I saw that there were full house action figures at Target, and he might have like read my mind and went to go buy them. I don't know. That I just hope awesome. that he's drinking enough water and staying hydrated. Yeah, that's <laughs> probably, probably would be juice. smart. But he just, yeah, go, go back to the uh, the corner thing. Just just let him win a match. That'd be nice. Yeah. Uh, or, decide what, or decide what you do with his character because having be like I said, the hitman killer taking people out and then taking their shit and putting it on his wall. Or you, you, at the minute they kind of made him a little bit soft. Which yeah, is okay. I mean, well, I that really thought he was just gonna be. I thought he was gonna be predator. Like I thought that was where yeah, we were yeah, going. That's what I was hoping for. That's. That's what I was like. Like, forget the first, first and a half series. Look, That's if Cuerno turns into Predator, yeah. I'm his biggest fan overnight. I will, I will bandwagon the fuck out of that. I will join in wholeheartedly if Cuerno becomes Predator. Now watch, you're gonna get season five. He's gonna have dreadlocks hanging out of the mask, and they're gonna be like, "Look, we made him Predator." And it's like, no, you have him losing the son of Havoc. Well, if yeah. Killshot loses his mask, they'd be short one dreadlock mask dude. So. Yeah, we don't know that that's going to be the case, but it could be. Yeah, hey, you know it's great that after all of the shitting that they got on them for having an Apuestas match with a guy that already lost his mask against Sexy Star, uh, they they learned they learned by just having two guys that wrestle unmasked everywhere else have an Apuestas match instead. You know, good times. But holy shit, strange, strange, strange! I mean, it makes sense though. In the original Lucha Underground world, because I'm going to say this, we're t- I'm turning to a multiverse now. Lucha Underground okay. is 
in the original Lucha Underground, it makes sense because the whole idea was it was a proper underground fighting thing. Which right, I've which always sense. said that they should lean yeah. on more because which I think makes sense. in the moments where you don't have the Aztec mythology to lean on, that you should always be leaning on it's an underground fight club, which is why I wanted Vinny Massaro to be like a bookie. Like they should, yeah, yeah. they should be leaning on that the whole time. That's just me because that, to me, that's the Robert Rodriguez grindhouse side of it that they're missing sometimes. I get the, the Aztec culture thing and I love it. And I love when they bring it back and I love when they slow roll it and play it out over time. That's one of my favorite things about the whole show, but that just gritty, like, Hey, this guy is running fight club, you know, kind of thing. I feel like they forget that all the time. That, that seems to have really worn off this last series, especially. It's like non-existent now. Yeah. But that's yeah. What I mean. like, you, you, you have the whole idea of like, you know, they said taking money off people and stuff like that. It's just, yeah. It, oh God. I can't remember what I was going to say now. That's um, right. KC's the best. Yeah. Yes. Throw bodies in fires. Dude, I keep missing the fucking fire. Uh, I, I, I I keep trying, and I keep dropping them next to the fire. I just murdered a dude. I got a box of crackers and some chewing tobacco. But you know what? He has a nice hat. I'm going to fucking steal that. What are you playing? Uh, Red, Red Dead. Dead? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I just murdered a dude. Uh, see, like, he has a pretty nice hat, but I have this bowler hat because I'm, like, a gambler now, and I'm, like, dressed all nice because... Uh, yeah, I don't know though. Like the last guy that really beat me at poker, I murdered him, and uh, the bounty was more than the money I took off of his body, so it wasn't really all that worth it. <laughs> no, that's a pretty nice rodeo hat that I just pulled out of a pool of blood and placed on my head. I like it. I like it. Uh, Have you seen the dismembered body yet? I did, Meath. I did, and it was beautiful. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Shake did... up underneath the thing. I was like, oh. Oh, did you go drinking with uh, with Lenny yeah, yet? It's... Oh god, it's one of the best missions I've ever seen in any game. Oh, it's so great. You you will die laughing. You will die laughing. And also apparently Arthur Morgan has no penis. Uh you can see in that mission. Uh great. But yeah, uh yeah, we're me and me for both playing Red Dead. Byron and Justin should be. Uh I was gonna drop some like major news on this podcast and say Target has buy two, get one free on video games, board games, and children's books, but there's fine print that says you can't use it to buy Red Dead. Oh uh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So but you can get like WWE 2K19, you can get um like Soul Caliber Six. Soul Caliber Six is good. Uh, Pretty much everything except the hottest game out there, which is the only thing you actually want to buy. Exactly. Oh, so you, uh, you know, eighty dollars on other stuff that you don't want. <laughs> Call of Duty just came out. People are going to want that. I think that's uh, where most people are going to be using it. And WWE. Versions. Wait until wait until Black Friday if you want that shit. Come on. But Red Dead. Oh, a game like this no. only comes once every eight years. You have to get it. Uh, I can get sunsets now without yeah. thinking of Red Dead. Wait, so is, is Red Dead is Red Dead also on um, Xbox? Yes, it sure is, Justin. I wow, so I can actually that. play this one? Yes. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, but but get a PlayStation so you can join a mine in Casey's gang. Yeah. Oh. If you want to be in our posse and Byron, Byron, we'll even let you in our posse, bro. Cause you because you've got a huge posse. Don't do that. Uh, I, wait, did I say posse? I'm not going uh, to. 
Come on, Byron. Mon is the wrong wrong word, I think. Uh, you know, it's when I when I think of cowboys in the Ang Lee sense, I think of Byron, and uh, uh, the movie fans will know that that yes. it's referring to. No, no, we, no but, we get what you're saying. It's it's what you usually say. We're talking about that Incredible Hulk movie, right? Uh, yes. Uh, so if you want to see Eric Bana. <laughs> That'll be Byron's uh, create a cowboy. I think you get to, yeah, you'll get to make your own too. The online hasn't launched yet. So everyone's uh, just playing the story mode and having fun with that. And it's uh, it's pretty amazing. Uh, there's like a lot of shit going on in that game. God damn. Uh, like, I don't think I'll ever see everything that it has to offer, but I'll damn well fucking try. Skin the gator today. Hey, I got a question oh. for you guys. Eo Shirai or, or Tony Storm? Oh, Tony Storm. Right, totally. Jesus. Tony Storm. We're 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 split even. I have to do a thing on this. <laughs> I have to say a thing about this because this week I have been arguing with a guy at work who is I will call a casual wrestling fan. He likes wrestling, but he, and he likes, likes women in tights. Basically, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. He likes Korean pop music. Uh, okay. So I don't yeah. know why he likes Korean pop music. Because he's a pervert, Miflo. He's a pervert. No, yes. no, yeah, yeah, but he has a Prince Albert. He has a Prince Albert. So yeah, he's. He's uh, an interesting individual. Wait, He's a does, prevert. What? Don't, don't we know another podcaster that has one? I'm just saying, because I'm pretty sure we all do. I, you know who I'm talking about, right, guys? Right? Jim. No, no, not on our show. Well, he's been on our oh, show. Oh, Jim could know. He, there's no way Jim could get one of those, because he would just wear the metal down within a week. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Oh, he would have wait, to get too much. Maybe he's got adamantium. 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 And he was like, oh, Kyrie Sane's really good. I was like, going, yes, but, but she was good before. But there's one better. <laughs> yeah, I was like, but Io Shirai is better. And he's like, oh. And he came to me to, the other day, I think one say Thursday, and was like, Io Shirai's terrible. What? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he thinks she's legitimately shit. I, went, I was trying to explain to him. I was like, going, WWE Universe, she's not been that long. She can't do half of the stuff she can do, like, as in, you know, in her repertoire. And he just wouldn't have it. And he thinks Tony Storm is actually a better wrestler. God and damn it! Actually, you know, you know what, me? If you got to show him that Pentagon match, I think I think Tony Storm. Tony Storm is better Storm. business, but I would never say she's a better wrestler. I think that uh, I think Tony that she Storm. is the future of the business, and they need to have her win this thing, and they need to put her on the main roster because the rest of the girls could work with her all day long. She could cut a promo. She's good for business. She'll draw. She'll draw money. She needs to. She needs to learn how to do a um, hook up though. Yeah, maybe. She, I mean, really why? Why? Because who's she gonna hook up with? Like any, like any yeah. of the other ones, know Jim. how to hook up? She's gonna hook up with Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Realistically, what what white woman in her twenties isn't? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's gonna be funny when we have That's the army. Fit. What's the next shirt? Instead of where's Casey? Oh, what, dude. What's her gym shirt? That Jim isn't Velasco. a giant cum stain. Oh, it's Jim, <laughs> Jim Velasco is my dad? Because <laughs> it's Question. true for 42% of the country. 
Forty-two <laughs> percent of half Asian, half white mulatto children are gyms. Oh God, we can make baby onesies that say Jim Velasco is my dad. Oh no, 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 no. That's just we could save money instead of making a brand new shirt and having to do that. We could just buy those where the white woman at shirts. Wow. Oh, I don't think so he needs he, to ask he, that question. <laughs> we all know they're at Jimmy B's house. Yeah. I'm sorry, Jim. You're not even here to defend yourself. Jim is not like some kind of prostitute. He's not. Wait, like, he defend himself. He just be. He just say fucking right, and then it would move on. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. That's what he's he done in the and on the back fucking. Yeah, yes. but you know all the you know all the Jim's girlfriends listen to the show too, so I don't want to like mess him up. You know, I don't want to uh, mess up his thing. They know each other. They're best friends. They I know. That's it. It's so amazing. It's so amazing. Like, they all get together and they're like, why the fuck are you wearing that shirt? And you then mean, I walk in wearing the Jim Skay shirt. And they're like, Jim, is there something you want to tell us? <laughs> no, no. He's just my co-host. I swear. We thought this was an exclusive, Jim. <laughs> they all get together and they just they work out their calendars. Jim doesn't even have to do the yeah. scheduling. You've got him at 11. I've got him at 12. You know. He's got, I think, he's I think got a that, strong refractory period. He might right. be able to do 11.30. So anyway, um, I do think Tony Storm is really good for business. Uh, and I think Yoshirai is great. I think they could use her, however, on NXT. I think Tony Storm should go straight to the main roster. I think she's just – she's something that they're missing. They've got – They've got um, Kyrie and they've got – Asuka, and as much as Yo is better than a lot of ways, she's not something that they're missing. Mm-hmm. She's just not, especially not the way they're going to present her and what they're going to do with her. WWE doesn't need her. They need Tony Storm. WWE. I think that Tony Storm is something that they're missing. They don't understand what they've got sat there waiting. Well, the exactly. I'm just being realistic and talking within, within their fucked up universe, the way they already have it set up. They need Tony Storm more. Well, also, Kyrie won last year. Correct, which makes it really hard to do yeah. that again. Right, yeah. yeah. So I don't think they're going to do that again. Why the fuck haven't they signed Chris Wolf? What's going on with that? Meef Loaf has her chained up in the basement. Oh, I hope not. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah like, like, like Jim hasn't taken it from me. Yeah, exactly. He already has. We know. Mm. I'm sorry, Meef. Yeah. It's not just the white women that he takes. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let us get to this Ultima Lucha 4 preview because I'm curious to know what you guys think of some of these matches, especially you, Meefloaf, and you, Casey, who were not at these things and do not have a dog in the fight necessarily. Can I do a blanket statement, Justin? Yes, you may do a blanket statement to start the Ultima Lucha 4 exclusive preview here on MMM Show. Uh, MMM Show exclusive. If you put a wrestling show on Halloween, you can go fuck yourself. I'm Casey Nielsen. I approve of this message. Okay, but this is that's only that's only the first night. I don't even know what's on there. I think what you're gonna miss. I think they're gonna do uh, Taya Ricky uh, Taya Mundo versus Ricky Mundo. I hate saying that, but that's so so, so the winner the winner gets to be Johnny's real wife. Is that how it works? Right, and the doll's gonna win. It's gonna be Rosa, the doll that wins. So um, makes sense. And we've talked about it a little bit before, but. Are they going to have Afro versus Mask? No, we talked that that would have been awesome. What do you think, Casey? Instead of it being Killshot versus Mac, it should have been, or, or Killshot versus um, Son of Havoc, it should have been Mac versus Killshot, and then it could have been Afro versus Mask. 
That would be the best honestly, best though, match of all time. I'm more excited for the death match between Mac and Mil Muertes uh, because I fucking love both those guys and uh, giving them a death match and knowing what death match tends to mean in Lucha Underground and how fucked up they tend to be. Yeah, I'm down. You're not going to see spooky spray painted on a fucking table. Tell um, you that much. <laughs> breaking news, guys. It's Tony Storm. She just won. Oh, spoilers. Oh, we were well, right. It just That's, happened live. Like, you guys are going to watch that shit later? Fuck, no, I don't even subscribe, bro. Uh, Tony Storm is your 2018 May Young Classic winner. Uh, oh, for fuck's sake. And the I bots, mean, oh, yeah. the, the finish looked a little botched to me. I just turned it on, and the finish looked a little rough. Because Tony Storm can't wrestle. Well, okay, so, so I'm, anyway. picking up, I'm picking up a sloppy. She wrestles sloppy. I'm saying it. Let me let me go down let me go down this list of Ultima Lucha Four stuff. Let me stay on Ultima Lucha Four. Yeah, go so, for it. So Mundo versus Ricky Mundo with Rosa in a you fucked up my wedding, so I'm gonna beat you up and go over on you match. Hey, yeah, it's not like uh, Matanza fucked up the wedding more or anything, but you know. I mean, is there any world in which Taya loses this? I mean, I guess if Taya loses. That sets up some kind of distraction for Mundo if Mundo is also going to lose. But I feel like if she wins, he's going to win. And if she loses, he's going to lose. I feel like they either both have to win or they both have to lose. I don't know. Byron? Uh, it's the year of Ricky Mundo, clearly. He's going to he's gonna win this match, and then he's going to cost Johnny Mundo his match, and then he's going to get that gauntlet, and he's going to put it right on the fucking doll. And then the doll is going to have a giant hand like Fisto from He-Man. And then uh, it, it's just going to rule the fucking temple instead of like, you know, Dario trying to look like Shang Tsung and shit. You know so what I mean? why does the everyone end, love the Ricky? End shot of this, the end shot is going to be him face fucking the doll. Maybe. Yeah. Why yeah. does everybody this back in, in the back love Ricky Mandel so much? Why, what has he done that that is so awesome? Is there something that I'm missing? Um, jobs. Wow. Isn't that... Wow, it's like it's I mean, like, I don't hate on the guy at all. I've just never I've never really cared much one way or the other, but there's maybe, not a person I've talked to from the locker room that doesn't love that guy. He's a, he's a very nice person. And he, you know, sometimes that goes a long way. Plus, he's a solid hand. He works out, he's in good shape. He usually has good gear. He was uh he was really good as a skeleton. I mean, come on. Tracy was everyone's favorite skeleton. Let's not miss Clarence's words here. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, he actually beat up people in front of us because we were cheering for Tracy so hard at the first Ultima Lucha. So that was kind of great. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think it was I think it was a travesty what happened and that Sinestro de la Muerte ended up being the only one that survived. Travesty. I don't disagree, but look, he's getting—he's clearly getting a, a pretty big push now. Mm -hmm. No, plus I like seeing a dude that I, I saw come up on the California Indies a bit get this kind of a push. I'm always I'm always a fan of that kind of thing. Oh, someone witnessed my murder. Well, they're not going to survive. Byron, we need to have Ricky on the show. Get it, make it happen. Let's get Ricky on the show. Uh, yeah, I kind of. Did you guys feel that this match was like really? Hot <laughs> what? Go ahead. Yeah, I feel that any multi-man match this late in the season is an aftershot, especially no, 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 if it's no, no, not no, no. for the gift of the gods. No, Rick, Ricky Mundo. 
Oh, okay. I thought you meant right? the match this week. Well, yeah, but who knows if they're going to have another season. You got to try to wrap shit up. You know what I mean? Yeah, I just thought that, I don't know. I just felt like it didn't really make a lot of sense. And even with what they were saying, where he comes out and he says, I ruined the wedding, and she comes out to challenge him to a match. Yeah, and I feel I feel like he should have been in a program with Drago or Aerostar or one of those guys, that that's where he would have been better served. You know, have some weird Rosa stuff with them and have a feud. And maybe one that turns the corner into the next season, kind of like Killshot and Marty did. I would really like to see him in more matches with Luchadors because he trained in the EWF. I know he, I think, so I'm pretty sure he knows how to work with those guys. And we haven't seen it much in any of his incarnations, actually. No, we really haven't. He tends to get stuck Mm -hmm. in the the feuds with the more American... uh, workers or whatever gang affiliated <laughs> angle is going on at the time um those tend to be the the feuds that he ends up in so i agree uh it'd be interesting i don't know i don't know what to expect from that match in general so i'm gonna that's kind of my question mark match of the evening you know look taya can go and i know that she's clearly determined right now she she kind of has turned a corner herself and i feel like while while uh john was away at survivor um she was a little down and out and i think that after he came back and she kind of got her head screwed on straight and the real wedding happened i feel like after the real wedding happened um taya kind of turned a corner and got her head back in the wrestling game um and this uh this match was obviously post the real version of the wedding so um it'll be fun to see uh what happens it'll be fun to see if she's if she brings some fire you know and it's not often that the women get a chance to wrestle the the, the guys and when they do just like Chelsea did with Pentagon, you got to take advantage of it because it is going to get um, more eyeballs on it to a certain extent. And it gives you a chance to work in a way that you can't necessarily always work with the other girls. And remember how wrestling a dude is what put her on the map in Lucha Underground because not one person that saw that cage match wasn't like, this girl's legit. No, that is, it's still to this day in my top five of Lucha Underground matches. It's in that shit live. Oi. Boy, one of the top ten matches that's happened in the last five years. It might, it might even be up there. I don't. I mean, there's been a few really good well, matches. Maybe there. twenty matches, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Like in terms of like, actually, if you know, if Dave Meltzer actually watches, then for a change rather than just like yeah, if, if matches get a power rating, it definitely deserves a nice high one. I, I feel like the last the last rating that I remember Dave giving a Lucha Underground thing was for he gave Grave Consequences one five stars. I remember that, and uh, it deserved it. Or no, he gave it four. He gave it four. That was before the five star rating existed for Dave. No, no, no. He had the five star. It wasn't six yet, and no, now it's seven. Yeah. Now it's seven, Justin. Jesus seven star. Because you know, really, are there matches that are so much better than the last one that was really, really good that it has to get its own rating even higher? You gotta, you gotta watch really long Kenny and Okada matches to answer that question, and I don't want to watch them more than once. I like the matches, but <laughs> you know what I mean. But, but you're, but you're still watching the same thing again. Yeah, yeah. Was it Ric Flair going hour? Is it? Watch that. Well done. Yep. Yeah, awesome. Bye. I see, because I, I, I really could watch Flair Steamboat like a thousand times, but I'm weird. But I'd rather watch Funk and Flair do the I Quit match. That's yeah. my favorite Ric Flair match. That was a great match. He's like, think of your neck, Flair. Woo! I'm gonna pile drive you right on your neck. 
<laughs> Your mother's a whore. <laughs> Too much fun. I really want to hear Casey do a uh, Rhodes now, Dusty Rhodes. Well, let me the tell Rhodes? you, let me tell you something, meatloaf. The blotches on my belly willy are an exact map to your bedroom, daddy. And you're going to find out why they call me an American dream when you're asleep tonight, daddy. I should have, I should have listened on the sleep. I'm sorry. Wow. That's uh, frightening. I, that you've just seen the bionic elbow, baby, but you haven't seen the bionic Johnson, baby. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> um, all right. But you know who saw was Sweet Sapphire. Let me talk about the match that I'm most looking forward to, most conflicted about, don't know what to make of it. Um, all of my favorite people in the ring at the same time, because just like we said, the more people you put in a match, the better, right? But this one may be the exception, honestly. Um, Eve Samlicious, which is now Ivelisse, Sammy G, and Exolicious, the um, concrete blonde Sunny Kiss. Concrete Rose, Just Sunny Kids, not the Concrete Blonde. So, concrete so Rose. we're saying that Sammy G is hung enough to fill in for Joey Ryan? Is that what we're saying? I'm saying... Props, kid. I'm saying that they don't need they don't need all that penis. I think XO's got it covered. So, yeah, now, they can, so now they can move on to Sammy G because they realize they don't need that much penis. This is good. They, they, should, they, should, should, call, they should just call the old team too much penis then. <laughs> right. And the new team is just enough penis. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, shit. I'm a, oh, shot a bear in the ass. You better run, motherfucker. This podcast <laughs> should be called Just Enough Penis when Jim isn't here. And when he's here, Way too it's much too penis. much. You know what <laughs> I mean? Terrible. We're going to go back to putting out that mass max and dish joke, uh, dick joke shirt, yeah, aren't we? Jim's, Jim's got enough smell of lady on him that it's like, you know, there's enough, like, you know, residual me, vagina residual. to make it okay. Let, let me tell oh, you, Jim, Jim Velasco's dick is no joke, Justin. Wow. Wow. Why does this show always end up just talking about penis? I don't know, man. I, it, it happens more when I'm not on, apparently. I, I'm well, Byron, Byron is absolutely clearly obsessed with penis. I don't know about that. I don't think I've said much. Penis. One man's penis. Oh, there's a couple. No, no, he says the same things about Finn Balor and a couple other guys too. Well, you know, if Finn Balor, you know, confirms. Confirms. He confirmed it on on Instagram. What Finn the Balor fuck? Did? Now a moose is just attacking me, and do I smell like an animal? God damn it! What did Finn Balor do on Instagram? I have been watching, and I because I don't want to be all dirty. Because you, if you're covered in someone else's blood, people won't sell you shit. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, and Finn Balor appears on my TV right as you guys are speaking about him. Fancy that. It's an old woman's pay per view. I'm not saying. Did it. you know? Did it, you know? Well, he's in the crowd. He's in the crowd. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, dude, does he have an extra seat in front of him? He he's holding up a hugger section sign and he's cheering for Bailey right now. Oh yeah, he's so not in face the front zone, dude. Face fucking me, Bailey sign. He's not one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know though that? Um, Right now, during the pay-per-view, WWE is running a house show. <laughs> that really That's awesome. In, Just in, me, I'm not. Yeah. If, if anyone has any you know, uh, notion that this pay-per-view isn't anything but a resume line on for Stephanie, Stephanie McMahon. Um, no, dude, it's a consolation for wanting to do a show in Saudi Arabia. Well, yeah, it's, it's be because honest. all these girls got paid to go to Saudi Arabia and didn't have to work. And Vince was like, 
Yeah, yeah, but uh, fuck that. You're still going to work for me on this all-women's pay-per-view, and I'm going to get it for free now. Hey, pal, I got a, I got an idea for a show. Yeah, yeah, pal. Uh, we're going to call it Chocolate Titties. Uh, uh, <laughs> nope. I, I just had to do it. I just had to no, do the bits. I don't know what it's going to be called. Uh, no. All right, so Eve Samlicious Samlicious versus the Reptile Tribe, which currently consists of Cobra Moon, Jeremiah yes. Snake, and... Yes. King Daga. King Daga! Um, versus the new Rabbit Tribe. So we have three old trios teams that are now new trios teams. And the new okay. Rabbit Tribe is, of course, Paul Codpiece London, um, the uh, magnificent L Bunny, and, of course, the White Rabbit, uh, Mr. TikTok himself, Killer Cross. Uh, you know, okay, guys, um, as much as we are, you know how we, we're usually pretty loyal to the reptile tribe on this show, give or take a couple members, uh, but they're dead. So whatever. And, uh, you know, I, I, I do, I gotta say I'll, I'll hail King Daga and Queen Cobra Moon, the gracious yeah. rulers that they are. Uh, but, uh, I gotta give this to the rabbit tribe. Woo. You know why? You know why? Because wow. because El Bunny can beat everyone in this match, including his own yeah. teammates I by mean, himself. Look, after what they did it's with true. El Bunny in that debut match, I I mean he got he did all the work, literally yeah. all the work. And I would it's love all, to it's see all that, that shit he's been holding back while he was playing fucking El Torito, dude. Like because legit, I know I've said it on this show probably before he even got signed as El Torito. I think I even did a bit when he got signed on this show. Uh, Mascarita Dorada, who who was who he was before El Torito, is one of the greatest high flyers in the world of any size. I'd say he's probably top three for me. And the other ones being like maybe like Ricochet or maybe uh, Jack Evans from the Heavens, the inventor of Mara Lucha Libre. Uh, maybe. I like him, but uh, Masquerita completely outclasses him in every way. Because, uh, okay, you see how great Grand Metallic is, how great Mascara yeah. Dorada is, right? And his mini was outclassing him. That's how fucking good this guy is, and he's finally getting a place to showcase it. So if anything good came from this season... It is him finally getting a showcase he deserves, which I think this match will be, which means he has to go over, which means they won't have him go over, and he'll probably die at the end. I mean, but yeah. you, this this does have to piss you off a little bit. It does have to piss you off a little bit that you've got this trios, this team, and we haven't been seeing them wrestle all season. It's like... How much better a combination of pure wrestling can you get than the the wily veteranness of Paul London, who basically agents and writes the movements of half of the matches that you see on Lucha Underground? So we know he's fucking fire. Absolute then genius in the world of wrestling. You've got Cross, who is up another level, can power spot and base like crazy, and is just fucking vicious in his presentation. And then you've got El Bunny, who is legit one of the best high flyers around and can work power spots as a mini and do, do all sorts of crazy Lucha Libre dives. And the dude's in impeccable shape for yeah. any wrestler, let alone a mini. Um, yeah. Yeah. He takes his healthy. He's healthier than, and then most of the roster, which is also hugely surprising for a mini. 
And, um, yeah, because he's built uh, without, you know, a lot of the leg problems that some of the minis have, you know, kind of that rickety yeah. walk. I don't even know what the name, like kind of bow-legged walk that some minis get. Yeah. Uh, even that some little people get, you know. Sagrada and, has the same issue. I mean. Yeah, and they're brothers in real life. So it's like, you know, except for this season when they were literally the same person, which is a little confusing. But yeah, uh, weird. No, the thing I'm mad about is these guys are a team now, and they weren't a team at the 9 million tapings I fucking went to, because I would be all in for this shit. I'd be having, like, a giant rabbit tribe sign. I'd be wearing fucking bunny ears. I'd have a fluffy little tail if I had to. I mean, it is is a good argument, that being said, to put the belt on them and then let them have a big Season 5 run. I mean, I feel like they owe it to Cross a little bit. Uh, London's put in the time, and he's done... Mm -hmm. He's made wonders out of a gimmick that shouldn't didn't even need to be a gimmick, you know. Um, and it's just a great, great combination. That being said, um, I really believe that Exolicious gets this year's Dante Fox Award uh, for Breakout Star, and that is really conflicting to me. On top of what you said, Casey, because I am also. The hugest supporter of the reptile tribe. I will never turn my back on Queen Cobra Moon, but at at the same time, um, Sammy G and and XO, I think, I mean, I wish I'd seen them wrestling together the whole season. I want to see what kind of spots they pull out. I think that's a great combination. And the charisma that that Evie's bringing and the, the crowd heat that she gets combined with the style, which is completely unique that Exolicious is doing, and then Sammy bringing the just dumb char- charisma and bravado of a kid that doesn't understand how bad his body is going to hurt later in life yeah. is a tremendous combination. Um, Which is why I want to see him wrestle Fox, and I want to see it for a long time. Who, Sonny versus Fox? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, said, I said that this week. That got, oh, a, that got a big for Sammy, a lot of people. Sammy that was Fox, man. Sammy and Fox is like... Two that was my uh, that was my top tweet of the week. Was me suggesting that to Eric Roach and DJ that that needed to be a feud. Their breakout star from season three versus their breakout star from season four. Uh, Fox and Sunny's a different video. Fox and Sunny, Fox and uh, Fox and Sammy. I'd see uh, Fox and L. Fuck, dude, Fox and L. Bunny. Do it. Uh, uh-huh. Dub did say, however, that he was never going to let Ar Fox anywhere near Sunny. I don't know why he would say that, but. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love me. Nice reaction, me. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I you know it's kind of cool. It's cool no, I mean I just think he wants to protect his two breakout stars. So let's just leave it at that. Yeah, dude. Hmm. If there's a What's season, the I hope that, they come back. Uh, if not, it's because I hope they got a great contract somewhere else, like some other people that won't be coming back. But, but it know, is what it is. Fox on Impact would be great. Him yeah, and Max is a team, and Swan maybe that is a trio. Maybe, but he would be so underutilized and just stuck in the middle of the card. Like he, he AR Fox is the guy that I would spot. rather. I would rather see AR Fox at NXT. I think he would actually fit in great at NXT. I I would rather see him on the main roster, but I think he would be top of the list at NXT. I want to see him in Japan. I want to see him in DDT. I think he would be great there. Because there's things for him to dive off of. Yeah, DDT like, would be a good spot for him. And you know, you know why I really want him there is because Speedball's there too, yeah. and him and Speedball having a match is like one of those dream matches for me, man. Speedball versus Air Fox. 
Oh, really? He's been nice. back in the, yeah, he was in the UK. He was in the UK because you were saying about his uh, visa issues. Yeah, yeah. Week. So, me, who do you like out of these three These three trios? Who do you want to see win? Well, want to see win would be the Reptile Tribe. All hail the Queen. Um, but I think storyline, they'll give it to Sonny, Sammy, and Evie. But, I mean, they they have really had the storyline that's kind of leading there this season, haven't they? That kind of, and again, we're reading into it, so therefore the the opposite will be done. So you know. I mean, I ah, God, I really would like to see the the reptile tribe keep it for a while, though, too, especially mm-hmm. especially for Thunder Rosa because the way that she's wrestling towards the end of this season is on another level from where she was previously. And Daga, uh, oh my God, like I want to, dude, can you imagine Daga and yeah. Cross in there together? Like I need, yeah. I need that in my life. I'm just saying. Like if they start, go- I want them to shoot on each other a little bit. Like I want Daga to throw a little pepper on Cross one time and just see what happens. You know, and maybe I that's my sadistic, good. you know, want in life. But that could be some straight fucking fire right there. Yeah, I, I, I had to talk about the secret origin of the footprint on Cross's face on uh, the podcast. Uh, that reminds me, actually. Uh, on uh, I did it on Markout Mania, so if you want to hear the story, you have to listen to that. Boom! Cross-promotion! <laughs> Cross-promotion. Go listen to Markout Mania. I'm going to listen to it as soon as this is done. It's gonna, it's, it looks like it's better than this pay-per-view WWE's got going right now. I hear it's a good show. trajectory, they've got the um, Reptile Tribe have come off that big storyline. So they've got not much going on. I think it's actually it's actually really good booking. All of these all of these storylines have heat going into it. They have good trajectory. They all it's one of those matches where you really couldn't decide who was going to win or how to even book it. So we'll see how it goes. The Rabbit Tribe are going somewhere going somewhere in their own little storyline of getting the backstory of them out, and then you've got um, what you call it? Uh, Who's the other team now? Shit, Sunny, Sunny, and that have kind of got. They've been put together, so that's why I think they're going to win the titles. Eve Samlicious? Yeah. yeah. I think the Reptile Tribe were given the titles in the kind of aftermath of giving them something after the blow-off of the... Yeah, I, I, that's the other thing. Uh, as much as I think that the the Rabbits are the most dominant group that are coming into this, I feel like they have the most backstory yeah. stuff that they don't need the win. Yeah, so they're going somewhere else with it. If you know what I mean, they're just doing this to showcase them and then they got something after you know yeah i i feel like storyline wise uh, hopefully we see more of them in the closing vignette and and stuff like that like i want to see more storyline stuff too and cross um acting wise has turned in a phenomenal performance so far mm-hmm. i mean he's done more of that than wrestling in lucha underground by far i mean he's really just an on-screen presence and uh i hope that yeah, we get to see a little bit more of that before the season is over as well because those first couple promos were awesome and they were smart to bring him in promo wise early in the season, even though they didn't let him fucking wrestle until the last yeah. quarter of the season. Um, anyway, all right. So enough about that one. That one should be interesting. Um, Son of Havoc versus Killshot and Apuestas mask versus mask match. Um, I'm not going to say where this is going, but I think it should really be obvious to most people. <laughs> um, I'll say it. Uh, obviously, uh, Shane you weren't there, so win. you can say it. I was there, so I can't yeah. say it. Shane Strickland's going to win. Uh, uh, so he can be on mask because that was one thing he was complaining about. He wants to make money out of his image that way. 
was it not? And they love Havoc. He's made by them. So Havoc's going to keep his mask and Shane Strickland's going to become Shane Strickland. Oh. I, be- I believe that sounds like a decent theory, Meef. I don't know yeah, if I... You know what storyline I would do is I'd have Killshot lose his mask and then I'd have AR Fox go, you're not the dude that fucking left me. Yeah. Sorry, that was some other guy. Wow, that'd be crazy. Yeah, we can be. So friends, basically, though. you want you want AR Fox to say all black people look alike is what you're saying. Well, no, no I'm mean, all mass people. Look AR like. Fox. Have AR can... Fox underneath the mask. Oh. That would be awesome. <laughs> can he also wrestle the match as both Son of He's Havoc and Killshot? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Oh God, can he He's just kill? Can he moment. just kill Son of Havoc and then take his place in the match? It's. Look, uh, I will say I will say this about that match though. Um, this is the opportunity for Matt Cross to prove something to me personally. I go 50-50 on the guy. Sometimes I really, really enjoy him and I get into the character and I get into what he's doing and I'm totally behind him and he's a Cleveland homie. And then there's other times when, uh, I, I hate to say it, but honestly, he bores me to tears. And I really, uh, this is Ultima Lucha, so I really want to see it stepped up a notch. I really don't want to see, like, kind of walking through those moves and being super safe. Like, don't get me wrong. I want workers to work safe, but I need them to work exciting, too. I can't have them bore me to tears while they're being safe. So I would love to see them step up the 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 work rate a little bit. More more so than the the pain rate ratio, but the work rate. And the sell, too. I, I, don't, I don't like the way that a lot of these indie guys sell. Um, and I feel like, I feel like Havoc, I don't know, Havoc doesn't no sell, but he indie sells for sure. And that's the style he's used to. And those are the guys that he came up with and the guys that he worked with. But if you look at the way that some of those, those guys have evolved, like the OVE guys, they fucking Mm -hmm. bump and sell now. They did not used to, you know, look at, uh, look at even the undisputed era and some of those guys, they're doing a better job in my opinion, these days of bumping and selling people to tears. Well, I don't don't get me wrong. I still find them boring, but that that is kind of where I put Matt Cross in the uh, has every potential to entertain me, but has to break a bit of that indie style and and work a little more ring psychology, give me a little more on the cells and the bumps, and and not in a way that he's hurting himself, but in the way that he's portraying those bumps. I do like that everyone shitty we just mentioned is from Ohio. Uh, uh, that's kind of funny. I, I, I noticed I didn't mention Gargano in that because I feel like Gargano is one of the guys from that group that always knew how to bump and sell, and that's why he's Johnny Wrestling and the rest of them are not. And he knows how to tell a story better than yeah. a lot of people Absolutely. in the wrestling business, for sure. Yeah. The facials, uh, the promos, the bumping, the selling. I mean, he'll he'll slow down a match on purpose on a rollout to, to make sure that he's selling the move. I hope that uh, Son of Madness does a run-in is what I'm hoping for. No! Uh, okay. No! Uh, okay. And then, then yeah, I'm hoping a fake, a fake kill shot shows up and fucking distracts kill shot, you know? Lucha, then, uh, Lucha Underground has enough Kevins. This is true. This is true. <laughs> um, all right. I'm muting because Phantasma's on the TV, so you get muted. Oh, are you, are you watching tri- AAA on uh, Twitch right now? Yeah. Yeah, How's it Jeff going? Jarrett's out. There's a weird mm. version. Oh, they have Fabio Apache and... Baesura! Baesura! Has, uh, has Cross appeared yet, or are we waiting for his run-in still? No, not going to be yet. All right, so let's move on down the list. This is a great match. This is perfect booking. Two out of three falls. 
Dragon Azteca Jr., Dash, as we like to call him, versus Phoenix Dark A. Phoenix Dark. That's a, um, great, that's a great match. I, that's that's good. There we there, go. These are the these are the only guys that I would let, except maybe uh, with the exclusion of Daga being also included. Um, these are the guys that I would want to do a two out of three falls match. And I, I said it last week. I said it the week before. I'm going to say it again. Phoenix Dark is the best incarnation of the Phoenix mm-hmm. character. Period. And you will see that in this match. I, I think it's going to be great when Jake Strong runs in and beats up both guys and ruins ah, the match. Ah, oh, sorry. Is that a spoiler? Is that a spoiler? Ah, I'm sorry. I hate you. No, it's not a spoiler. But if that were to happen, this would be a multiverse that I would no longer be able to be a part of. <laughs> <laughs> it uh, is a multiverse. Give you I do not want to live. A little update on AAA. Phantasma is currently being a translator for Jeff Jarrett. He says that you're Basura. Oh, we're talking Phan- Phantasma Dark now, right? He's is his heel turn complete. Well, um, he's now by himself though, right? Because he's still part of Lost Millionaire, uh, um, whatever they were called, right? And uh, not the football club. What I'm about? Wait, uh, so Jeff uh, Jarrett just left? Did he go in the back to get a drink? What's going on? Well, Jeff, uh, oh wait, I'm sorry. He's supposed to be rehabbed. I'm sorry. I went to get some that. hamburguesas. Me gusta hamburguesas. You've got for some strange reason. You've got Jeff Jarrett out with Mad. You had Fantasma joined Mad at one point, but wasn't part of Mad. Oh, he probably had trouble getting his T-shirt sent to him. Yeah, and then oh look, oh oh my god, oh no, right. I'm going to try and show you this if it doesn't reflect badly. Can you see that? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Wagner's got a crown. Well, we just, okay. we, just got, we just got taken down for copyright violations. God damn it. No, um, we didn't. Never happened. Bien, 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 bien. Bien, 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 It's a very nice tiara that he's wearing. Tiara. It's really shit and plastic. Tiara. It's really shit and Tiara, amigo. I will throw your tiara in La Basura and eat a hamburguesa. I'm oh, guessing God. that Wagner is launching a new company called um, Taco King. Uh, <laughs> Dude, there is a Taco King, isn't there? there oh, there, my God. In, in L.A., there's a Taco King. Yeah, he's he's launching Ray Tacos. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Ray <laughs> Copyright that shit. Sorry, um, I'm sure. I'm sure that uh, Dorian has already done Chip that. Play, I've already done it. Yeah. All right. So the death match, Casey. You are. Do you think this is going to be good? Uh, I hope so, but your reaction is worrying me. <laughs> As someone who's seen it, but yeah. Oh, I will they never tell. I'll never and, tell. Like, t- like struck each other's faces for five hours. Let I me just, just let me just say that in a world. Where you're at Ultima in a Lucha, world. in a world of Ultima Lucha Quattro. In a world. When you've been sitting there for seven and a half hours, <laughs> and and there's been a lot of great things that are happening, there are other great things that may happen that you may or may not notice as much as the other great things that have happened. So I will say that, honestly, um, I remember this match being very, very good. I remember enjoying it, and I don't remember too much specifically about it. Wow. Um, and, and that And that's just to say that there's a lot of good stuff on Ultima Lucha 4. Uh, honestly, it's more encouraging than the last uh, Ultima Lucha deathmatch where the crowd didn't know who to, choo- who to cheer for between uh, Cuerdo and Mil Muertes. 
because they didn't see any vignettes, so the crowd was just completely dead during the whole match. Yeah, uh, I don't think it's a good match. I don't think you have that scenario because clearly Mac is is real babyface. Though there's yeah, always yeah, yeah. always support for Mill in the crowd, um, but oh. without Katrina, um, the support has waned a little bit because the Horn Dogs are not as behind Mill as they used to be. Yeah, which is eighty five percent of the Temple. Right, exactly. So you, you you see where I'm getting to there. So Mac is clearly the babyface, um, and. Uh, uh, you know, you're starting to see him pop up other places. So who knows how much uh, Mac you're going to get? I mean, this is a death match. Mac could be getting killed, y'all. I mean, you got You got to say that the favorite here is definitely Mill in a death match, right? I would think so. It's home field advantage. A- absolutely. So I don't know. Um, we'll see. I like uh, this is one that I'm actually interested in getting Casey's reaction to too, because I know that this would have, if Casey had been there, this would have been one of the matches he was looking forward to. So we'll see. Um, yeah, it Casey- definitely would have been one that I would have liked to see. So I, you know, I'll see it when it's not Halloween. Right. Uh, well, this one isn't going to be on Halloween. I think the only ones you're going to get on Halloween are, uh, Taya Mundo versus Ricky Mundo and the trios championship. I think those okay, are going to be the ones this week. And then all That's the rest thing. of it's going to be in a two-hour show the following week. So That's better. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you'll I don't think you'll miss too too much terribly with this one. Um, all right, so Casey, sacrifice to the gods, mm-hmm. um, is Demo our next. Blue Demo Junior is not in the sacrifice. Oh, he just came out over there. Okay. He just came out to help Wagner Junior. Ah. I'm pretty sure he beat him up last. I'm not sure. I'm not. I'm, it's Triple A. That's triple A. I'm not sure what's happening. It's all in Spanish, and even if it doesn't lose something in the translation, you're still lost. Um, Sacrifice of the gods, Justin. So we saw at the end of this week's Lucha Underground, um, Johnny Survivor got given the gauntlet. Yes. How the f*** is that going to work? How did Aerostar get it? We don't know. Yeah, Jango brought it to him. Now, uh, is it me? People in the match. Is it me, or does the trailer make more sense than the actual show? You know, is it me, or did one of the people in this match already give away the finish of the match? Uh, uh, Yes. Somebody, somebody was very vocal about saying they're not going to be back next season. And that, that gauntlet tends to kill people, doesn't it? I'm just saying, it smushed someone's head. I don't mm-hmm. know, because I'm here to say that the way that the ending of the this match was filmed was a little confusing, so I don't entirely know what to expect uh, storyline-wise and once editing happens. Um, but we do know that, that Johnny does actually have a way now that it would make sense that he could win. Um, who knows how that plays into it. And as we've seen, the gauntlet is something that is easily fought over and can be removed pretty easily and put on someone else. This is a, this is a God power that bounces around very easily. It doesn't fuse to you like uh, other God powers seem to in this universe. So have you seen Kung Pao? <laughs> Cinematic happen. Yeah, of course. I want to see the punch through the stomach and a piece of, um, you know, well, and that would be kind of fun. Like, if this match were to start in front of the crowd and end backstage, I wouldn't be mad at it. 
I think that that Lucha Underground could get away with more stuff like that. Because when we're there, it's just kind of like that. Some of that stuff has happened before, and it's a little irritating when you're there because you don't get the full fulfillment of what's happening. But it, I think that this would be a great moment for something like that. Like if if Cobb is really going to exit like he says he is, why not have Mundo put his entire arm through the man's chest in a great gory special effect? Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah, like why not? That's what I want. Like Don't even if they even if they did it in the ring and somehow cheated it where they shot it after the fact, like after the crowd was gone and they just shot a special effects shot in the ring on a close up or something, even that would be awesome. And that's those are the things that I think that the Lucha Underground universe should avail itself to because they're cool and nobody else can get away with it. So why not? Jewel would make sense as well. Sin as um Matanza apparently has a god inside of him. Uh probably probably through something. You know, not actually spirit got into him like the Holy Spirit. If the if if Cuerno, the person who is uh, bounty hunting these things, like collecting the gauntlet to keep it away, was to kill Matanza and take that from him. Well, just saying, it I'm would just... make sense that the person who you wrote in as a hunter would be collecting these um, things for a reason. I could see Cuerno being involved in this match. He's not booked in anything else. I don't think is he. Um, right. I mean, he's definitely a he's definitely a star on the show. So maybe he's getting the Kevin Cross AAA treatment, and he's just there for uh, a major run-in that has uh, storyline implications. That would be that, cool. That's his, triple, that's his own AAA booking as well. Um, and it may just be that 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 little bit on the trailer that we still haven't seen in the show is Cuerno's bit, um, where him and the yeah. Super Friends uh, have their little alliance meeting after the fact. Who knows? Maybe it's a uh, um, however the gauntlet is used, they procure it and send it off into the heavens somewhere or back in time at the end of everything. Whereas everyone thought that that was taking place earlier in the season. Maybe it's still going to happen. Maybe there, maybe we haven't, uh, misused this stuff. And maybe that, the, the, that intro piece was heavily edited into this finale. Who knows? I reckon they, that was a mistake they made and you've just given them an out and they're going to go shit, get in the quick. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think they're going back to the edit on this one, man. Lucha Underground's been wrapped for a long time. They're not getting those editors to do a damn thing. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, I don't know, Byron. What do you think about Sacrifice to the Calls? I mean, I think, I think it'll be a lot of fun. I think it'll be a lot of fun. Mundo probably takes a lot of pride in what he does, which, you know, it's good to have one person in the match that will. Oh! Um, this is why we play the games. <laughs> Are they going to sit down and have a, a debate? Is that what's going to happen? Mundo versus Matanza. Possibly. They, they can't actually wrestle because it'll kill him. So they're going to have a debate, debate debate about uh, parkour versus athleticism. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's like... You're mad at Cobb, aren't you? You're, you're kind of disgusted with him. Oh, it's just... This is... This is uh, Stupid. Uh, yeah, well... You know what? Lucha Underground puts on great matches, but I think what you really watch it for is characters and stories that play out. And I think that the story on this match got ruined, unless you didn't see the interview. I'm sure some people didn't see the interview and don't know that Cobb is leaving. But um, yeah, it's like, okay, well, then I'll just go watch something else. So, I mean, it, it does beg the question why did he do that? I mean, it's, it was five weeks. He couldn't uh... wait five weeks. Uh, go on, Byron, answer it. Tell, tell tell everybody why Cobb would do something like that. 
<laughs> Sorry, I have a phone call I have to take. That's yeah. Look, I I, I, I really call. like I like Jeff Cobb. <laughs> I I think Jeff Cobb is a swell guy. Jeff Cobb is a a, a great wrestler and a swell guy. Mm-hmm. And I really kind of miffed that he did that. I don't know. I mean, it's like look. We get mad at Lucha Underground all the time, but we've sat on secrets for years. Mm-hmm. You know, like you don't you don't go and ruin the thing. Like Ricochet didn't go and ruin the fucking ending of Ultima Lucha Three just because he was already out the door. You know what I mean? We all knew it was happening, but we, he never said it himself. Yeah, and we didn't know exactly how it was happening. But I mean, in, in this particular instance, with the way it's booked and what he said, it's kind of like fuck, dude. You couldn't have thought that through a little bit better. Been a, had a little more tact, but whatever. Um, I, hope he, I hope he wins the match, and then like he's walking back up the stairs and he slips on a banana and breaks his neck. Well, that's not going to happen. But what I can <laughs> tell you, what I can tell you is that I do believe that this match um, plays heavily into storylines. Um, so there is, there are certain elements of it that none of us know, other than whoever was there when it was filmed and DJ and Roach. So. Um, like I will be interested to see just like Byron said, what the storyline is and how it's handled, yeah. um, you know, in regards to this match. And look, these guys are both great wrestlers. I think you're still going to see a great wrestling match. Um, it was a lot of fun. I will say that. Um, so uh, can, you, can you guys hear me? All right. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, we can. I'm and more then, into what's going to happen after the match at this point. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So there's, there's, there's still going to be something I think, to witness there that that n- nobody knows what's going to happen yet um and then finally the cerro miedo match um I, I i don't even know where to begin with this because um pentagon is pentagon is pentagon he's the most over thing in the temple still whether you know there's Pentagon fatigue or not, whether it's been booked perfectly or not, still the most over guy in the temple. Um, Martin Casals is uh, a maniac and should be locked up and is <laughs> is yeah. a, a risk to himself anytime he's in the ring. And giving him a spotlight like this, putting him in the main event, uh, you know, the guy hasn't had a ton of real huge main events. This is it. This is one of the premier events in wrestling and Lucha Libre every year. And he's at the top of the card for it. Um, All I can say to people out there is fully expect for him to go way too far. Mm -hmm. And if that doesn't make you want to watch this um, with Pentagon being Pentagon and knowing what he will do for a big moment and a good paycheck, um, And Martin not even needing a good paycheck to do bad things to himself. Um, um fully expect a bloodbath. I, I, I think I think I've seen I think everywhere. I've seen some aftermath of this match because I think I know a huge mark that owns a fucking memento from it. So uh maybe, maybe. Do I know a huge mark that owns a memento from this Byron? <laughs> it's not me. It's not me. Byron? That's, the, that's the one thing. I can say this. I think Byron? I can say this. Byron, Byron showed you, off you, that, that that piece of memorabilia last week, I believe. Okay, yeah. and, it, and it's, two weeks from this, it's from this match. Is that what we're saying? It's from this what? match. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It is. Um, it's I can say this: 
that not only was the regular ringside physician and medic present, but he brought several friends with him just in case. Nice. And I believe they all earned their paychecks. <laughs> awesome. That's my kind of I match. don't know if it is awesome. I honestly don't know. You're just going to have to watch it, and you're going to have to tell me what you think about it, Casey. Because honestly, I'm getting wood already, bro. It's like, this sounds like my kind of match. Um, for it to be a, a zero fear match, it scared the shit out of me. I can legit say that if, of, and I've been in a lot of uh, pretty violent matches. Um, this one definitely gave me cause for concern. Uh, Evie Dub was not in the back at Gorilla for this match at all. He stood ringside for the whole thing. Um, and I was looking at his face quite a bit to see how he was reacting. And he was shocked and astonished for a good portion of it. Um, and at times I thought he was going to pull the plug on the match, <laughs> which I'm sure he would have no qualms about talking about when he comes on the show uh, next week, I think. So we'll see. Like, it, it's it's something to behold. I'm not going to – I'm not giving away any of the finish at all. Yeah, It's not a spoiler at all to say that it is something to behold, and you'll just have to make your own – opinion about whether or not this match goes too far i like i like the sound of it because you know what i don't believe a match can go too far i've seen matches where motherfuckers are getting power bombed on boards with open pairs of scissors on them justin <laughs> i agree and I, and this and it's it's not that kind of thing this isn't a death match um but shout out to freedoms the most fucked up promotion i that's around today Oh, it's God. it's not a full death match, but that doesn't mean that a certain inherent amount of death isn't implied frequently. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> and violently and, and with cause for a certain amount of concern. I mean, we all felt this way for for the the Dante kill shot match yeah. last year. Um it's that kind of moment. Um and you just have to see. And then, you know, it's 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 got its ups and downs, it's twists and turns, and it's got its moments. Um, the work rate was also very high. It wasn't uh, slow and plodding. It is, it's, it's a higher work rate than the match with Vampiro for obvious reasons. Mm -hmm. um, mostly that Martin Casals can get around the ring a little bit better than Vamp these days because he's half the age. Um, right. He's not quite as twisted in the same way as Vamp, but he's up there, so... Um, and Pentagon really has no fear when he's in this kind of match, when he knows it's the time to shine. And this was his season. This was the moment in the platform that they gave him. Um, and I don't think that Pentagon fans will be uh, disappointed with the match. So um, mm -hmm. we'll see. <laughs> I, I'm really, really curious to see what Casey thinks about this one, because we didn't talk to Casey a lot about this one after the fact at all. We right. just basically yeah. told him that it happened and whatever he read on the internet was, was his to read and had nothing to do with us. So uh, Right, and I read it, and I'm not going to comment uh, on it. it. Uh, yeah, and I know Meef did too. Actually, Meef's the one who fucked up and spoiled it for me in the chat. It wasn't me. It wasn't Justin or Byron. It was Meef. Uh, so, so I'm like, yeah, thanks, bro. Thanks. I read Wikipedia. I can't help it. Oh yeah, well, probably. Well, don't if read you Wikipedia. guys want to be surprised, don't read Wikipedia. And oh. honestly, no no amount of reading it can prepare you for the actual match, regardless. So No, it doesn't matter what happens as long as the match is dope. And let me tell you, if it can top AR Fox and Killshots match last season, then oh. this whole season, I can't say anything bad about it. 
I don't know if it tops it, and I don't know that it's trying to because it's. I mean, these aren't right, and these guys aren't high spot guys like those guys are. Those guys are death defying high spot guys. Um, These guys are just literally defying death. So (laughs) yeah, yeah, um, trying to kill each other. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. um, It'll be interesting to see people's reactions because I think it. I think it's on a parallel to that match for different reasons. I, I feel like it's a good match to watch if you want to see how much blood the human body contains. So it's yeah. down right up my alley. Right yeah. up my alley. For sure. I mean, um, the, the Phoenix match was two. The Phoenix oh, yeah. oh, oh, match. Oh, yeah. Yeah. On a blood scale, is it Eddie Guerrero or uh, Wagner level? Oh, God. Eddie, Eddie Guerrero fucking Bradshaw, that match? Jesus yeah. Christ. Oh, that was yeah. That was bad. That that actually went off the Muda scale. So no, it was uh. What was that UFC match where BJ Penn was licking the blood off his gloves? Jim Miller. Oh God, where the blood oh. was just squirting into his face. Yeah, it's on. It's on that level. God damn. Oh, yeah, that's, nice. that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, and and there's some moments like that too. I I believe there is some blood licking and and some grossness going on too. So Pentagon was that level. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Remember how Mill used to just spit the blood at the cameraman? I love that so much. I can't, I can't, I can't <laughs> give you any better of a preview than that. I mean, that's your Ultima Lucha four preview, guys. It's, it's Ultima Lucha. It's worth watching. I felt like it was a little over gimmicked. I feel like um, I almost wanted Ultima Lucha to be longer and to get some like a three day thing going with less gimmick matches in it, so that all the gimmicked matches felt bigger. Because they are. They're all really, really big. But it's almost too many of them. Like I was just saying before, like the death match with Mill and Mac um, almost goes a little under the radar. And it's still epic, you know, because there's there's a lot of gimmicks going on here. Um, yeah, yeah, it was exhausting. That isn't What's Lucha, though. It makes sense for a, um, like a feud to end with a gimmick. Yeah, yeah, it does. And it's especially... In an underground fight club, it makes sense. Well, yeah. to end with and I agree. Like so, so what you're getting is basically, um, short of a grave consequences, pretty much all the gimmicks all the time, the whole time. Yeah, um, I believe See, Taya, they know, they know Taya great versus Ricky is the only ungimmicked match in the whole thing. And you know, they know that uh, they know that a grave consequences carries its own show. They don't. They don't need to ever put yeah. it on Ultimate Lucha. Correct. But I would say I would say that seventy percent of these could carry their own episode, or at least be half, like a good thirty minutes of any episode of Lucha Underground. It's pretty good praise right there. That, yeah, that alone tells you it's worth watching, right? It's absolutely worth watching. It is going to be one of the, the the better wrestling shows this year to watch. Period. It, it, and it typically always is. They they know what they're doing when when they do this stuff, and you know how Lucha Underground talent is too. They show out for Ultima Lucha. It's like you're not going to mm-hmm. come and do. Lucha Underground for four weeks and have a contract and do all this stuff if you're not going to pick your, your spot to show out. Like, every performer in Lucha Underground should be picking one regular season spot to show out and then Ultima Lucha. And, I mean, that's when you go for it. And and most of them did. Most of them didn't have any major bookings right after that so they could rest and recuperate, which is not necessarily a good thing because some of these guys went a little too far. The show, I can tell you, uh, the, the behind-the-scenes stuff, that uh, it ran long. Um there was a battle royal that uh, we'll talk about more after Ultima Lucha has aired that uh, I thought was an epic fail and really took up time on the clock and should maybe have not even happened as much as I know how they want to give performers a chance to perform at Ultima Lucha just for the crowd even. 
um, to make them feel like part of the family and part of the locker room. But it was complete and utter shit, and it was poorly done and poorly executed and really a waste of everyone's time, including the performers, <laughs> the talent, the production team, the crowd, everybody. Uh, shouldn't have happened. What's that? That'd be amazing. And please tell me it doesn't make TV now. That'd be amazing. I don't think it does. I don't think it's on TV. Um, oh, they so probably had dead people out, in it, right? Um, so you missed out on your spot of running into that building. It may have dead is. people in it. I don't. I honestly don't even remember. I mean, it was. What was uh, was Vinny in it? No, Vinny was oh. not there. Ultima Lucha Weekend. I can say that. That's, right. That's your. There's your spoiler that I'm not supposed to say. Vinny is not at Ultima Lucha Weekend. Okay, so he wasn't in the Battle Royal. No, I think it's a. I think it's mostly people that performed on night one that were not being used in gimmick matches. Uh, so, um, we'll see. Uh, he might be. Honestly, I honestly don't remember. I remember a couple of people that are in it, but I'm not going to say because I'm not going to give it away. But it was, it was. Uh, let, let's just say that there was a lot of talk backstage and a lot of yelling backstage too. It was not. It was not well done. Oh, mm. great. I yeah. hope it makes TV now, actually. I don't think it will. But if it, it doesn't, 45 minutes. We'll, we'll talk about it. Because uh, there was definitely some heat backstage and a lot of people who didn't do what they were supposed to do with that particular match. There was some heat on a few of these matches. because mm -hmm. Not because they weren't good, but because guys went a little too long, tried to get in too many spots, kind of went into the business for themselves. In their, yeah, hit some unapproved spots. Um you know, and this is coming from the guys who are the ones that approve such spots. Uh, right. That I talk to you and, afterwards. Yeah, um, and what sucks is if you try to do that shit, it's just going to get edited off the show. So you should think. Because the I show mean? can only be a certain length anyway. Right, right. Yeah, it, it's not going to make TV. The only people that will see it are the people in the arena. But it's also part of the problem with having all these big gimmick matches is you're, you're putting guys in, in things that are like two out of three falls and death matches and sacrifice to the gods, like all these matches where anything goes and it's supposed to be no-holds-barred kind of ultra-violence, and then you're expecting them not to to step it up a notch or not to, to work out a spot in the ring with each other. And now most of these unapproved spots were not guys going into business for themselves, but guys going into business together in the ring mm -hmm. against right. what the agents and producers had told them to do. That's yeah. a different story. Got, how many matches is there? A lot. I mean, we're talking on, 90 minutes, isn't it? That's on it. the main card, you've got five and they're okay, all so big so gimmick matches. And one of them is a two out of three falls match. So you've got so seven and seven announced total and five. Uh, I'm almost sure are all in that last episode. Yeah. So that's a two-hour episode, plus heavily vignetted. Oh, is it a two-episode? Okay, so it's a two-hour episode. Yeah. The last okay. episode's two hours. scheduled to be two hours. Yeah. With vignettes and five five huge matches, one of which is a two-out-of-three-falls match. Yeah, which is – that's a lot of airtime right there. Yeah, and, and a lot of those went long. So the day of taping – was tremendously long. I mean, uh, Byron and Jim and Ron and I were all supposed to go and film a vignette that was supposed to be in the show, but because they ran so long before they even got to intermission, it was already dark outside and too dark for them to film the thing that, that Dub was trying to get us filmed in. Yeah, I mean, but who really, who really wants to get killed by Matanza, you know? Yeah, you know. <laughs> I would get skull fucked by Matanza. I remember it was just so exhausting that I, I personally was yawning because I was tired, not because I was bored during some of the best matches 
that was going on, you know, it was just exhausting. Um, I'm not going to talk about. I'm not going to talk about UFC too long, but I do want to talk about one thing this week. <laughs> just one little thing, which is uh, an almost unprecedented move. The UFC has actually performed a trade. Oh God, this is funny. This is funny. Yeah. So uh, Ben Funky Askren, who was uh, formerly in Bellator and then went off to one, tried to get into UFC, tried his damnedest to get into UFC, and Dana White was not interested. Like Ben Askren had in his mind what he was worth. Uh, Dana White had in mind what Ben was worth to him. And at the time, what Ben was worth to Dana was nothing. I mean, he offered him like a five and five contract or something to go be on Fight Pass. He really disrespected the guy. He basically was like, look, kid, you're never going to perform here. I don't need you. I don't care about you. I don't care for you. I don't need anything that you have to offer. You know, go to Japan, stay in Bellator, whatever. If you want to come here, you're going to have to work your way up from the bottom. It's basically how they treated Ben Askren. So Ben Askren uh, went off to one. He's been fighting in Japan, has no competition. He's just run through everyone he's ever touched. Um, He's really one of the best untested uh, MMA guys out there. But everyone who's worked with him in the gym, from Tyron Woodley to, to numerous other people, has said that he's absolutely at the top of the game and, and probably the best fighter out there who's not in the UFC. So he's been over and won. Um, we know the plight of Demetrius Johnson. He's the most winning champion in UFC history or tied for the most winning champion in UFC history. Uh, just recently finally dropped his belt. Uh, we, we've heard about his stories where you know, after every fight in the UFC, you get a belt like it's a trophy. It's not an actual belt that you defend. When you win a championship match in UFC, they hand you the belt. They give it to you. It is yours to keep and own. And when you come back for your next fight, there is another belt that when you win that fight, it is given to you and you keep and own it. Um, I didn't realize this for a long time until I saw three belts sitting in Matt Hughes's basement. And I was like, why do you have three? And Matt explained it to me. He was like, no, no, they give it to you. It's like a trophy. You get to keep it forever. You're a UFC champion. Um, You are a 12-time champion. You have 12 belts. And that's really awesome. Right. Mm -hmm. Except Demetrius Johnson had only ever gotten one of those for the longest (laughs) time, for like 10 of his fights. And then Demetrius found that out from all of the other champions who had multiple belts. Because whoever had defended had all these belts. Like I told you... uh, um, Kui that was on our show a few weeks back, he has one of Tyron Woodley's belts in his restaurant in St. Yeah, Louis. Yeah, yeah. He was one awesome. of he's been one of Ty's sponsors for a long time. And so when Tyron Woodley won his second belt or whatever, I think he gave that one to Kui. That's so, awesome. Um, yeah, and here's Demetrius Johnson, a reigning UFC champion forever, who didn't have him. So finally, I think at at win number 10, they finally gave him a bunch of, if not all, of his old belts. Um Finally showing him a little bit of respect. But Dana White still never had any respect for the guy. I've talked about it myself. Um, Demetrius Johnson can't draw flies to a hot, steamy pile of shit. He doesn't draw. Nobody cares. You, If you're not a real UFC MMA fan, he is only for the hardcore fans. Dana White has not done anything to help this or repair it. And in my opinion, Demetrius Johnson never did anything to help it or repair it. Being a superstar on Twitch... And getting 5,000 people a day to watch you play a video game does not a superstar make. It is not getting pay-per-view buys. And if it is, it's not getting enough of them. So in an unprecedented situation, 
Dana White traded away his most winning champion of all time for a guy he once said would never fight in the UFC. <laughs> ben oh. Askren is now coming to UFC. Demetrius Johnson is going to fight in the middle of the night in Japan against a bunch of people you've never heard of um, and probably go on to have a stellar career there and probably make more money and lots of it. And good for him because UFC was never going to do anything for Demetrius Johnson. You know, and he'll probably be happy there because he's a huge gamer. He'll probably love Japan. What I fear, however, is this may this may spell doom for the 125 division. It could go away altogether. If you're willing to give up one of your top contenders in the division that built the division, that has been the reigning champ in the division for all except one fight, um, that does not bode well for that entire division. There's talk of UFC um, doing a few things. I think that the 107 pound belt could go away and become a 65 and a 75. Um, and that being the case, what could happen is you may see GSP fight for that belt. And if he wins, that might be the time when they dissolve that belt. So GSP can go out um, as a champion um, because he has no desire to, I think, defend a belt at this point in time. Um, but if he were to come back and win it one last time, uh, then they could retire the division and maybe switch things up. I think it's needed. I think that the the weight jumps, those 15-pound weight jumps in there are too tremendous. Um, I think you need that weight class in there. And I think you should also add a, a 225 weight class personally, um, a, a super cruiserweight or, or super light heavyweight or something in there. Um, we'll see if it actually happens. But I, I think that this is starting to signal a bigger shift going into the new ESPN era that UFC is going to change a bit again how it looks and presents itself to people. And oh, fuck you, Demetrius Julian. Johnson. You totally deserve it. Go to Japan and rot. Damn! <laughs> For a mark moment right now, Bandido and Flamita just came out on AAA. Bandido <laughs> carrying my Mexican flag that I gave him. Yes! Yes! Ah. So nice. when, they, when they were here, I gave, I gave them a pair of Mexican flags each. Um, and he, I, he keeps on popping up. So I thought he used it in Wembley in London. And then, like, he used it at P, P, PWG. I think they both came out with one. But I was like, holy shit. I mean, it's not, you know, I have got a mark on it. So, but, yes, it's the folds and creases and what have you. That's so like, brilliant, oh, though. I love it. And, that's uh, that's yeah. awesome, man. Uh, I just saw Rob Viper tweet at them both. Hey, how are your frequent flyer miles? And I, I'm sure they're pretty pretty substantial right now. Damn. I mean, look, they're, I mean, they, they're two of the best guys out there, Lucha Libre-wise, um, and I hope they get utilized everywhere. They're two guys that uh, I was desperately hoping to see in Lucha Underground at some point in time, but at this point, they may not need it. Oh, no. oh wait, you mean uh, Nightclaw might come back? Well, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> In a more uh, permanent fashion. I don't think fashion. we'll see Mandido in the... Uh, I don't think we'll get him in Lucha Underground, unfortunately. I you know, never say never. I was I was actually talking about this on Markout Mania, how they're like the last luchadors that I said should be the next ones that everyone watches, and now they're like blowing up. So soon they'll get too famous for like PWG and a lot of the indies, and they're going to go to next guys. And I think the Taurus should be one of the next guys. That's That's my call. I, I think that's a pretty good call. I, I, I'd back that. 
Vikingo is up there too. Yeah, that that yeah. was that was another one we were talking about on there. Uh, yeah, and uh, Monster Clown. Yeah, Monster Clown. Uh, I prefer Murder Clown. I liked Monster uh, Clown more when he was uh, when he was aliens. Like that was such a great. great I'd game. love to both see them get out of their clown gimmicks. Either way. Have you ever yeah. have have I ever sent you a picture of him as aliens, Justin? That he's literally so. he had a costume that he was a xenomorph from aliens. It was amazing. That's awesome. I love it. But um, you know, they didn't call him alien, they called him alien. Aliens. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Plural. Well, no, because alien in Latino that's cultures has a whole different connotation, man. Oh, that's true. But also his gimmick before that was Highlander. Oh. There can be only one. Oh well, no, actually, there's two. Uh, there can be you, only yeah. two. Oh, Connor and Duncan. If, if you remember, yeah. yeah, if you remember Cross's uh, hatred. I know. Well, by the time that franchise ended, it's like that can be only seventeen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You had Connor. You had yeah, Duncan. Well, you had Mario Van Peebles. Oh God. <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of them. All right, guys. I have nothing else to say. Does anybody else have anything else to say? Go to miserablepileofsecrets.com. Follow at MPOS official. Listen to the first episode of Miserable Pod of Secrets. Happy Halloween, motherfucker. Penis. Penis. Byron? Watch Penis. Lucha Underground Wednesdays at 8. Oh, you, you didn't drop in a penis for us, man. We need all three penises to match up with Jim's one. And be sure to stop <laughs> by here uh, this coming Thursday. I am trying my hardest to get as many of the bosses in the room as possible. Yeah, and I'm sure I'm sure DJ will be on because I'm not going to be there. I I can I can tell you who I've reached out to. I'm not going to tell you who's already responded. I can tell you that there will be at least a couple of the bosses here. But I've reached out to Eric Van Wagner. I've reached out to Chris Roach. I've reached out to Krista Joseph. I've reached out to Skip Chasen. I've reached out to Tony Jensen. Um, so hopefully, uh, and and hey, you know what? I'm going to shoot. Uh, Dorian rolled on a message too. I doubt he'll ever show up, but why not? Ha, how about you invite me, you son of a bitch? Papa, you're welcome anytime if you bring Modelo. Dorian's gonna come on because Casey's not on. Imagine me, Casey, <laughs> with Dorian rolled on. Oh, Jesus. wow. Well, Casey knows I, how to behave himself. Casey would be a gentleman and would still tell it how it is. <laughs> uh, I'd be like, dude, I'm sorry you've ruined everything I've ever loved in the world of professional wrestling <laughs> that wasn't Wing, but. Uh, no, you know what? I'll rephrase that because they, you know what? AAA, and I want to say that it was probably Antonio Pena uh, right before he died. They started bringing in all these wing dudes just out of nowhere. Like they saw some tapes and they're like, let's sign the fucking headhunters and Jason and Leatherface. Um, I don't know if that was him. That may have actually been Dorian. Hey, if it was Dorian, it was a masterpiece, especially having Leatherface enter the ring to the rocks. The rock says music as his theme song. From from what I understand, Dorian does actually keep his eye on a lot of more fringe promotions and people therein, and that that was kind of always his thing. Well, so. that's good. That means he's a true fan. I mean, like he's in a bad position because anything fucked up that happens, we're automatically going to blame him for it. I think he is in a bad position. I but I also think that you know he's a product of his environment. I think he grew up in a place that makes him think wrestling is different than it is. 
Yeah, okay. And that's yeah. about the nicest yeah. thing I can say. I really feel like his his viewpoint on certain things is skewed because of this get butts and seats thing as opposed to make good shows. And honestly, all of the things that have happened with trademarks and weird stuff like that that we attribute to him, his uncle was doing way before he was, you know, even a part yeah. of the picture. Yeah, and he just thinks that that's the way to do business. I think that's the way he, yeah. he just tries to exude being an alpha male. Um, you know, and he's not the only one who's done stuff like that. I think Vince did that a lot too, but I also think that Vince is a little more uh, interested in, in what he thinks is a good product. I don't necessarily uh, ever agree with him on that, but I don't doubt that Vince is trying to create a good product. We I think make that, movies, pal. I think that Dorian is still too concerned with just putting on a packed show and never about what kind of product he's making. And I hey, think that's uh, hey, hey, Dorian, uh, how much do you bench, pal? Huh? <laughs> exactly. Ah. He's got a puke. He's got a puke. He's got a puke. Take your panties off if you're sorry. It's terrible. And on that note, until next time, stay calm and stay in the mix. Penis! Penis! You got a piss man. You're just staying live for it. You're just staying well, live. Well, I'm waiting for you to throw one in at this point, Byron. You might as well. Byron can't throw in the penis in that one. <laughs> Boom! <laughs>